from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Joe's podcast episode 251 the artist formerly known as Grogu I'm your host Ryan and I'm John I'm Robert <laughs> and welcome back everyone I had to do something with Grogu just to make sure we get people clicking on the title <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> because that's the hot item right now so um, joining us for this episode I'm not going to keep him in the wings very long at all uh, but we have a full house tonight um and we have joining us uh the uh, do we just make you the make you a host i should say the host right now <laughs> i'm quitting <laughs> we should just make you a host now or like you're part of the council now uh but uh mr brian shearer is joining us welcome to the show you told me if the next time i came on i was a host there you go you're a host you did, then. You did ryan you did do I, that i did <laughs> so therefore i gotta contact uh uh our buddy chris haywood and uh have him draw you for the the host sweet uh, added to the host you need to tell me uh which gi joe character and which star wars character you want to be blended together as okay okay so, so Think about it. I have to think about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to top what Shannon came up with, which was spirit, and wasn't it uh, itchy? Yeah. Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa itchy. Grandpa itchy from the holiday special. Yeah. Holiday special. Yeah. 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 <laughs> which I'm happy to say that uh, Disney Plus has a new holiday Star Wars holiday special. It's the Lego one, and it's it's. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I saw that. I haven't, well, I haven't watched it yet, but I it's, saw it up there. I just watched it last night. It's very very good. I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> is it like something new, or is, did yeah. they remake? The... No, no, brand new. It's brand well, new. That's bullshit. They should have just remade it. <laughs> yeah. I need a I need a Lego B Arthur and a, and a Lego. <laughs> Harvey Corman. Yeah. Well, yeah. I will tell you that uh, Chewbacca's family does show up in it. So, all right, I gotta watch it. So, <laughs> and so there are references to the, the original holiday special. Um, 
And uh, also waiting in the wings here is a longtime listener and good friend, uh, Mr. Kevin Longman. Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I do highly recommend it. I will say the holiday special does start off a little slow. The, le- uh, the Lego one starts off a little slow, but uh, as it gets into the main body of, of the uh, show, it is, uh, I think it's well worth watching if you're a Star Wars fan. There's a lot of references to all of the movies that have been made so far. So, um, and there's even a, there's even a Mandalorian reference in there. So, so what was that? It's definitely worth a watch. I, I watched it with a wife and the kids the other day and it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love it. And if you're like me and you have the Star Wars Lego advent calendar, uh, which my wife was kind enough to get for me. Uh, there's a lot of it ties into that holiday special, so it's a lot of fun. Um, so uh, we can talk about Grogu and stuff later if you want. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I went also went with a, a artist formerly known as because uh, having Robert and Brian on, I don't know where what dark paths we're going to go down because they both got to work with the esteemed Mr. Hama on <laughs> real American hero recently. <laughs> and I can only imagine any stories that might come from that. <laughs> so they might still be working in the industry after this episode. They might not be. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Larry never remembers who I am. So oh, that's, true. Matter what that's, I say. True. that's very true. Um, so, uh, we'll, Robert, we'll start with you because even we, we did talk before the episode that even though your issue got completed just before Brian's, it was still before. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we were, well, of course. So just to kind of roll it back a little bit. Um, so I just completed the snake hunt event on a real American hero. This was, I was excited to come back on it. It had been, uh, they initially pitched it to me as a way to be back on kind of as a 10 year anniversary from my initial run, uh, working with IDW on GI Joe. So, uh, I started with IDW back in 2008, working on the book when it launched in 2009. And when they reached out to me it was January of, uh, 2019 to, uh, get started on this book. And I was like, perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and I and they were like, all right, so it's going to be 10 issues. And I was like, gong, like what? Because I was I had a full time job. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like I had a hard enough time, like keeping up with a monthly book uh, when I didn't have other things to do. <laughs> when that was the so, only job. <laughs> yeah, when that was my only job. So um, uh, but I was like, you know, if I get, uh, you know, the script in in time and I'm. <laughs> <laughs> We're already laughing because. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, if, if I get enough lead time, then, uh, and I can get a couple of these issues done, then uh, we're ahead of schedule, then that should work. You know, did they, did they tell you you were going to be working with Larry ahead of time when you were anticipating getting the scripts <laughs> in time? And <laughs> Well, I, you know. I can say this. Ta- I'm not I putting anything on say, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. Well, okay. So notoriously, just that, you know, for people who might not be industry, uh, you know, in on the uh, comic book industry, kind of how it generally works is that, I mean, notoriously books will be late and then often the artist is blamed because to be honest, and often the penciler is blamed just because that is of the whole pipeline, the longest part of the process. That's what takes the longest. Um, 
to typically to write a script uh, generally for people who are writing multiple books or are in the regular kind of uh, pipeline and assembly line process of getting comics made. It takes about a week, you know, anywhere a week to two weeks to write a full 20 page script. Writers um, suck. Uh, well, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> generally, you know, and I'm not even going to go on my tirade of how much I absolutely hate the word dozens. Because it takes a writer absolute seconds to type that word. It's literally six letters, right? <laughs> but as soon as you type the word dozens, that's my afternoon. Like, that's it. You know, I've got to draw a minimum 24 to 36 things, whatever it is you wrote dozens of, whether it's ninjas or tanks or anything. Take it. Like, that's my day. Anyway, <laughs> make sure you I can add go on. Do- make sure you add dozens to every page. Please don't. <laughs> Anyway, geez. So, okay. So writing typically, you know, doesn't take quite as long. Visually, you have to interpret that, get it on the page, block out the storytelling. Um, If you're working from a full script, that means that it says page one, panel one, this happens, panel two, this happens, and here's the dialogue. Panel three, this happens, here's the dialogue. And it breaks it down, lets you know how many panels are on a page, and then breaks down every page through the 20-page script, right? So that's considered a full script. And, I, and just um, to interject real quick, I will yeah. say, uh, because I don't know how much I've made this publicly known on, on the show, but with with me writing, that type of advice you just gave was invaluable. Uh, it, that, that was some guidance you gave me to make sure that it was a little easier for the artist right. as far as giving a – here's how many panels are going to be on this page. Here's, you know, I'm breaking it down into panels and stuff like that. So um, anyone out there that's looking to write a script for uh, an artist, um, it's good to talk to the artist and find out what works for them best. Uh, yeah, they might have preferences or, you know, just little nuanced things about the script that they prefer. But yeah. uh, at any rate, so that's one style of scripting. So Larry, as we're talking about him specifically, he still works in what is called the old Marvel style or the plot style script, where often it's a paragraph uh, that is a general description of what is supposed to happen on the page. He doesn't explicitly break down panel by panel uh, how to break it up, but generally he'll make it a sentence or you can kind of get the gist of how many panels would go on that page. Uh, And he might throw in some sample dialogue but it's rarely the actual dialogue that will go on the page. And he usually, after the page is done, will go in and definitely fill it up. I mean, that's one thing he is very good at um, is after he gets the art, like he fills the space, he'll look at it very constructively. And and this is where all that characterization that's made G.I. Joe so phenomenal over the years, like that's mm-hmm. made it so nuanced and so uh, individual to the characters and each character has their own voice and feels so unique. Like, and I'm talking like way back from the original Marvel run, and uh, and and how he's kept that you know relatively consistent um, is because of that this process. Um, and and so I, you have to give him credit. I mean, for him to be able to do that. Um, so, but he plays off the art that he's looking at. So that's a big key part of his process. But it it really is not easy for the penciler or the artist, uh, uh, if they're inking also, you know, the line artist, to go in and 
interpret that script because you don't necessarily know exactly what they're saying. So, you know, how do you draw your characters to emote if you don't know what the dialogue is? You know, you're trying to draw these characters as the best actors you can. But if you don't know what they're going to say, how can you draw them acting? You know, it's like or um, if you don't know like what expression to give to them or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you know, it it helps when you have that ahead of time. So uh, like I said, sometimes he'll throw that in um, Mm -hmm. to give you at least an idea. But it's not every page. And um, at any rate, so uh, when when I was initially brought in again back in 2019, so 2019, back in January, uh, I was like, okay, great. I'll, as soon as I can get a script and, you know, I was coming in with issue 266 and it was going to be a 10 issue run. And they said, all right, do 10 issues. And I said, well, I'll do as many as I can. I have a full time job. We'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a script in May. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? Like I started, you know, after two months went by, I'm like, guys, I really this would be awesome if I could get started on this I when is this book supposed to come out? And I wasn't getting an answer. And I was looking on the shelves and I saw like you know, in the issues, two fifties, you know, high two fifties, um, each book was coming out, you know, relatively month by month. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like we're getting close to the issue. I'm supposed to be putting out <laughs> like, what the heck? How do I not have a script yet? So finally I got my script in like May and, uh, I was like, when is this coming out? And I saw I was solicited. Like it was already in previews. Right. And I just got the script. I was like, we are not hitting this deadline, folks. <laughs> um, so it was supposed to come out, I think, in July of 2019. Uh, and like I said, I got it in May, which means that I would have you know, relatively 20, 30 days to, to pencil it. Uh, my brother Brian came on to ink it, and he was right behind me for the most part. So I would pencil a page, submit it. He would ink the page like the next day or that night sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then it would be colored, you know, pretty soon after. But even then, uh, after you take a month and a half to finish a book, if, if like, like I said, if I was doing nothing else, right. Then, uh, they would typically print overseas, you know, they print in China. Um, and then it would, uh, take anywhere from three to four weeks to go get printed and shipped back and then sent to diamond distributors and then sent to comic book shops. Right. Yeah. So that whole process can take anywhere from three to six weeks. So I like, well, boom, we've already missed our deadline. Like no matter what, from right. the day I got the script, even if you had it done that night, <laughs> well, exactly. if I had it done that night, we would have barely hit the deadline. Right. like that. Like if, if the artwork was done the moment I got the script, right. Right. Like, boom, here you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So now there, there are some interesting tricks that the industry can play. Um, for example, if you solicit for August, like whatever month, um, and you know that your creative team can have some hiccups or you know, then you're always going to solicit GI Joe on the first, on the first Wednesday of the month, because then if by chance you're going to be late, then you can push it back a week. You can push it back a week. You can push it back a week. It's still, and August. It's still, it still might come out in August and then you're not hit with any penalties from the distributor, right? As long as it comes out that month, you're not hit with any penalties. Um, but it gives your creative team a grace period of two to three weeks or the shipping delays or anything that might happen. Um, so you're always going to solicit it for the first week. And so that gives you a little bit of a buffer. And then, of course, you might have some creative teams that tend to be a bit quicker and you'll solicit them for the end of the month. 
And of course, if they get their work in sooner, then you can bump them up as you bump other projects later. Right. So you'll swap them out. Gotcha. And um, so they can sometimes play with the schedule, even when your editor gives you a hard deadline. Um, you might get an extra week, an extra two weeks. But even with them playing around, like this wasn't going to come out in July. So <laughs> they bumped that. My my first issue was already going to be late. Did they say and July like, 2019? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. So I was like, oh, come on, this is not a good start. So I got issues 266 and 267 done, and they came out in August, and they came out in uh, September. So I I mean, two months in a row, I did two issues, two months in a row, um, and I was about to start 268 the next month. And one of the things I did that I had never done before is I was drawing these pages Normally, you draw a normal comic page 11 by 17, so it's done like one and a half times the size of the comic as it's printed, mm-hmm. which allows you the space to draw. Like, it's drawn large, so you have, can put all the detail in there, right? and you're not drawing crazy tiny and stuff. Um, and I know Shannon Gallant, he's done this as well, but I, uh, I and because I knew Shannon had done this, I was like, I'm going to draw a small um to just literally because it's less than I that I have to draw. Right. So if I draw one to one ratio, so I was drawing my original pages the actual size it was getting printed. So which is like you know six point seven five width by like the ten point two five height of yeah. a comic book. Yeah, it shocked. So, I'll say it shocked me the first time I ever saw one of Shannon's pages because I was used to seeing all the pages like you were saying eleven by seventeen. Yeah. I'm like, and then all of a sudden Shannon's like, yeah, here's the original page, and I'm like. No, really, where's the original page? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was interesting working on those. It was uh, There's pros and cons. It was an interesting process for me. It was the only way I could have even been on the project, to be honest. So it was a concession I had to make for me to, to be working full-time and do this. It saved me literally three to four hours a page, so yeah. I, I had to do it. It made my work slightly more cartoony than I typically would have done, uh, and it's something that I certainly noticed. I don't know that a ton of other people maybe would have noticed, I don't know, but, uh, in, in that all of my medium sized figures were now tiny figures, right? Yeah. As I'm drawing it on the page and all now, my large, really fun dynamic figures were medium sized figures. Now I remember and I you, never got you talked, to draw the big splashy ones. Yeah. Now I remember you talked with me at one point and you said like you had to do something with this series that you've never done before. And was this what you were referring to or? Or does that come later? <laughs> I remember you saying something like, yeah, I had to do something with the series that I've never experienced before, never had to do before. And oh, man. But I didn't say what it was? <laughs> no. You were just like, you said, I'll talk about it on the show at, at that at, when we talk about it. <laughs> so I didn't know if it was well, something okay. with the last issue or if it was something with I'm, the whole yeah, series. Yeah, I'm positive or... it's with the last issue. Okay, so, okay. we'll save um, that then. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I won't make this a giant long story. No, no, you're good. I, so that's how this all kicked off, was I knew I was going to be a bit behind. And I said, well, let's definitely get we're going to need to get somebody else on board here. And uh, so we got Nesso to come back on and we started alternating issues, which was great. And I was going to be on the odd issues and he was going to be on the even issues. So out of the 10 issues, I still got to do six of them. He did four of them. And then I was, you know, still going to be on covers. So uh, I, I still was never, 
I still didn't get to do like this great like 10 issue. I mean, that was one. The one thing I still had left I wanted to do, you know, with G.I. Joe or with the industry was like a nice big 10 or 12 issue run of something, you know, yeah. a big collected volume. Um, and it just wasn't going to work out with schedule. So um, but he, he came in. It was great working with him. He's, he's a blast to work it with. He has a lot of energy and excitement for the property. And um, he, he's very and we had to work very closely together just to keep things consistent. Um, as best as we could. One thing that I found out <laughs> early on was uh, this was billed as an event that would have every G.I. Joe <laughs> in it. Ever. And what we didn't realize early on was that Larry was going to start throwing in the dead ones, too. Like <laughs> <laughs> with like the very first issue, first or second issue, he put like crankcase in there and there was like crazy legs. And I'm trying to think who else. There was like one or two. Um, uh shoot who man who else there is i think in my original pencils there was like three or four like quick kick yeah and <laughs> do what like quick kick and stuff well i don't well maybe not quick kick but there was <laughs> no one that extreme <laughs> yeah yeah but there was you know a few of the perfume guys that like you know who who went a long time ago yeah like um and a couple of them made it to the actual issue and then people were calling it out and, 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 you know, it actually made it to print. And then, so, and, and we said, Larry, they're dead. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't put them in the book. And he was like, I can't, I can't remember who's dead and who's not dead. And we're like, well, if you can't remember, like how, you know, uh, we liked the property by all means. I love GI Joe, but sure. you know, I'm not an aficionado as far as like what issue, what page number did this person die on? You know, especially with all the different um, continuities out there and everything else too. Yeah. Uh, so we were like, while I'm not that person and the editors, uh, as much as this is their job, they're editing, you know, a dozen books all at the same time on a monthly schedule. Uh, they're like, there are people out there who are that avid, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's where, when we reach out to Diana, so Diana Davis is very vocal in the Joe community mm -hmm. and on the message boards and Facebook and all the community groups and stuff. And, we're like, hey, Diana, could you help us keep Larry straight as far as like who's alive and dead? And she's like, I would love to do that. <laughs> so Larry was um, and Larry knows Diana really well. You know, they communicate yeah. and they've met a lot at different conventions and stuff. And so he knew her. And um, so when we all got the script at the same time, Diana would do the first once over and she'd be like, OK. And she, we wouldn't even bother sending it back to Larry. She would just say, Robert, okay, these three people are dead. I would suggest <laughs> you replace them with these three or four other people who have similar like skill sets. Right. I'd be like, perfect. <laughs> so I would look through that list and say who looks like either we haven't used yet or who, you know, aesthetically would make sense. So we were always, man, every issue I was always trying to figure out who's on the bus <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who who do I who do we need to swap out? So um yeah, so we were kind of dealing with that. So we brought for some continuity, you know, we, me and Netho and Diana and the editors were kind of always trying to keep that relatively straight. Um, then we, so man, then there were a couple of hitches where uh, I was just waiting on a script, you know. So again, a lot of times the, you know, the penciler is going to, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not, 
I don't mean to sit here and just throw Larry under the bus. There's times where I was slow because of my job and my sure, schedule. Sure. And, and I'll hold my hands up and be like, you know, I'm not the fastest artist. I'm just not. I think when I was younger and earlier on in my career, I was, but I'm just, I'm just not anymore. And so, um, the, uh, and, and, and I, I certainly could tell with my, teaching schedule like when when it was like finals week and when it was different times of the quarter and stuff like that you know i just could not get pages out and then when i was on break i would make up for it in the schedule so there was ebbs and flows where uh luckily you know my brother brian and the colorist were troopers and that they would work around my schedule as best they could and you know so i wasn't uh typically i felt i just honestly i felt bad because i wasn't I was pleasant to work with because I feel like I'm, I'm a nice guy, but I wasn't easy to work with because my schedule was not like conducive to a monthly deadline. Man, you, know you have mean? just fooled yourself this whole, your whole life. Haven't you, that you're this nice guy? No, I'm not. I, I'm a prima donna and I'm the worst. I, guess. I didn't realize this, but I just am. I'm, I'm the worst. So we, uh, but then, you know, there was a few times I remember last, last year, Right this time last year, um, I think I was getting ready for 271 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And my fall quarter ended. And I'm like, perfect. I have the next seven weeks completely free. I, I don't have to teach. I got nothing. I'm like, I just finished up 269. I was like, all right, waiting on the script. And then I waited for like three and a half, four weeks. And I was like, please give me a script. Like, give me something. <laughs> and finally, I got the script. I, and I got it and I had to wrap my head around it. I did layouts for like a week, just trying to kind of wrap my head around it. And then, and then I had to start prepping for my winter quarter. And I was like, there goes my break. So then I was like, uh, you know, trying to draw off my, everything. So it just kind of didn't, you know, there was a couple times where we had a bit of a roadblock there, here, there, but, um, then we, so I got 271 done, 273 done through the winter and spring. And I don't think we had missed a deadline, we were relatively. If, they were know, they were coming out pretty they were coming out pretty steady at that point. Yeah, like we were pretty much on track. Like bringing in Netho is what because we we were on track from August, you know, ten issues. You know, we were yeah. coming out new, relatively nine issues, pretty straight through there. You know, uh, eight or nine issues, you know, pretty straight. If we had missed one, it was maybe. Like it had come out the last week of maybe like an October and then came out the first week of a December or something like that, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it was monthly. And then, <clears throat> of course, the COVID lockdown, everything in March and IDW said, all right, pencils down, uh, which meant like everybody stopped drawing and Larry stopped writing. I was like, oh, please don't do that. <laughs> I was like. Like what? Like, can't you just let Larry just write the next script? Like, I just need one more script out of this guy. <laughs> like, please. Don't d- nobody uh, tell Larry like, COVID's happening. Just <laughs> just let him keep know, writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, let, just let him stay in his apartment and just write this one script. <laughs> so we were we wanted this to be like a big 30 page um you know, just a big finale. Like we'd been building up to this big, you know, let's go save snake eyes and, um, you know, into the event. And I wasn't privy to any of the plans, any of the plot, any of the, um, you know, cause Larry famously says, 
you know, he doesn't even know what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So he, that's always kind of his, if you ask him how he plots out his stories or how he, uh, does he know what's going to happen next? He's like, no, I don't know. Um, so that's my Larry impression, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's no good. Shannon does a better so, one. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, so, uh, of course, you know, we, it wasn't a crazy long hiatus, but I think it was right into late June that we were told to go ahead and we could get started again. And then right about July, I got a script, but the script I got, I was like, I, I, I just couldn't believe it. Still there, Robert? <laughs> I don't see him outside, Ryan. Yeah, he could he couldn't believe it and he just disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great ending to a story, Robert. <laughs> what? We heard I just couldn't believe it and then there was nothing after that. So we were just like we were anxiously awaiting what you couldn't believe. <laughs> oh, am I back am I back? Can you guys You're back yeah. now, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to leave you all in suspense. Oh, you did. <laughs> Previously on Star Joes. <laughs> um, okay, so basically just that I got I got the script from Larry uh, in in July, and it was again I wasn't privy to at all like what their plans were for this issue. I just knew it was going to be a big deal, and so it was thirty pages. It was going to be oversized. Um, but it was literally every page was I couldn't believe it was just one, maybe two or three sentences at the most. But basically one sentence that described a full splash page. There were no panels, just one illustration per page. And there was no dialogue. It was going to be a silent issue. And I was just flabbergasted. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? I just, ah, so like, I, I get it. Like, I get that Larry's known for this. Like, I absolutely love the silent issue. I love G.I. Joe 21. I, I, it is a seminal issue for all the reasons that makes complete sense. It's like right. Snake Eyes, who doesn't talk, who is infiltrating a Cobra base stealthily, right? To to get Scarlet out. Um, well, and stuff story, story wise, there was stuff that happened that caused it to be silent too. You know, ex exactly. Like story wise, it makes sense. Right. But even even though when Larry tells his story as to why it's silent, and you get a peek behind the curtain, sure, it's be it's because he was the editor and the writer at the time, and. There were uh, issues with the artists where they couldn't get the work done. And I forget the exact reasons. Yeah. Um, but just so he did the layouts, tight layouts for that issue, and then sent them to the inker. And the inker did finishes, like over his breakdowns. Yep. And then it got sent to the colorist, and there was not time to send it to the letterer. And it was like, nope, this should work. We'll just make it a silent issue. Like, I mean, to his credit, the storytelling is tight yeah so tight that you get that story visually without needing dialogue yeah. right and that's what makes that issue brilliant 
Right. So, yes, I mean, give them all the credit. That is a phenomenal issue, and it's a testament to how good the visual storytelling is there. Ugh. But This one, you had explosions th- happening? This is not that situation. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time or the place. Like, this is... Uh, a 30 page where you're promoting that literally every GI Joe in the property is going to be, you know, spotlighted or at least shown or whatever. And not that that actually quite happened, but, but you know, we literally have dozens. Oh, there's the word dozens of GI Joes <laughs> uh, there and Cobra troopers and this huge battle, this exfiltration of snake eyes from the base. People literally shout pointing and shouting command. Right. But no words. To make things happen. And to be honest, it's in the script. Some great, like, flanking maneuvers. Oh, and, really? And movements of, like, the dreadnoughts to go outside of this kind of rallying circle, defensive circle that that Hawk, like, commands people to move uh, the vehicles into place, which would have been great to yeah. see the initiative of, like, these vehicle uh, specialists take the initiative to do certain things, like to block off... Um, right. Uh, some flanking maneuvers that the Cobra troops are doing. And I could only show so much because I don't have panels to show the buildup of right, that. Right. Right. If I can only show one shot, but I can't, I mean, that's why we have panels to yeah. show the two or three beats to build the pacing. You have to, payoff. you have to pick the most dynamic scene possible for that action that's happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes it's, uh, you know, Hawk or Duke shouting the command. Um, sometimes uh, I have to pick the aerial shot just so that the reader can get an idea of what's going on again. And then I dive back into the action. Um, and, and to be honest, it, it, you know, I did the best, you know, I did the best I could. I don't think it's successful. Um, I think, I it's, think a, it, it's a beautiful looking book. Um, I think it, I think it looks like a poster book. Yeah. That, there, there's a bit of a through line, you know, yeah. there's a bit of a visual through line where yeah. you're like, okay, I can see that things are happening. And this kind of ties to that. This is all the same battle. This is all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just kind of reads as a picture book, a kind of a poster book, but well, and, it does not have the, the effect that I think I would have liked, or I think a lot of fans would have liked. Yeah. And, and I did a video review of it. If people haven't <clears throat> checked that out on the YouTube channel, uh, go check it out. And that's, pretty much what I said about the issue was that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, I opened it up by saying it's a pretty book. Um, and like, and I said, it's like, if you were to put up a bunch of pinups, you know, to tear out and hang up on your wall, that this book is perfect for that. Um, there was one thing I mentioned in the, and I know I talked with, with you about it, Robert, cause you were also like, yeah, I don't know what happens to her. Um, oh, right. But there was one thing that I mentioned in the review, but then there was one thing also that I didn't mention that I, I thought of later. One was the, the Siggy, uh, Laura, who I thought was a really cool character and she was really awesome to, to see her development. And then we see her throw a grenade and she, we don't know if she lived through that or didn't. And there's no hints if she did or didn't. Um, and right. then the other thing reminded me of, Remember the the Cobra Troopers that were on the moon base in the IDW run, <laughs> and we never knew what happened to them. And then later on, like a decade later, someone remembered that story plot and actually said, "Oh, they all died on there." Um, right? They were like, you see their skeleton right. inside the yeah. helmet. But for the longest time, we didn't know what the hell happened to them. Right. 
So, we're so just I, yeah, smooth. I was responsible for stranding, you know, Cobra <laughs> Troopers up on the moon right. in my first run. Right. Now on this one, I don't know what happened to the satellite that was forced to go up <laughs> in the, in space. Because yeah, Larry didn't wrap that up either. No, there was there, like they kept they kept making it a point that we have to get the satellite up there so we can give them support on the ground, and then nothing. Yeah, we didn't go back up there. We sure didn't. The satellite's up there. I know they got it up there because it happened in the previous issue, but I don't know what happened to the satellite. So it wasn't. Yeah, in the battle. I got the. Oh man. Well, I think. I think when I had called you and we were talking and I said, or we were chatting or texting yeah. or whatever, but I was just saying, like, I've never had to do this before in my career. It was basically, um, it took, it, it really did. It took me too long, but it took me a solid month. Uh, and part of it thought I was teaching, but I was also just like, just trying to wrap my head around pacing. What scene and everything. Yeah, I get yeah, it. No, like, I get it. How do I show? Uh, it took, it took, it took me too long. It took me a month. Um, just too long. There's no excuse for it. I mean, it's, there just isn't, but it took me a month for me to even start to lay the book out. And then once I did, and I kind of got a sense of, I started seeing it in my head and I started working through it. Um, and by, at that point, then I was making good progress and, uh, uh, and I was drawing it full size cause I knew this was a good opportunity for me to obviously sell pages. Um, and so I was drawing it full size, which meant that it was taking a bit longer as well. Um, and I got through 20 pages and we were, they were just like, look, we just cannot let this go any further. Um, <laughs> I was working on 275 and they're like, all right, Netho, come on in and do 276. He's like, yeah, bang. He had 276 done. They're <laughs> like, wow, great. Robert, how's 275 coming? I'm like, still trying to work on these layouts, man. Like what the <laughs> heck? And they're like, yeah, that's a toughie. Well, let us know how that's going. I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, all right. So they hand out 277. All right. Boom. That comes in. Wow. 277's done already. Oh, 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 good. That's, that's good. Robert, how's 275? Well, you know, I've, I've got the, like my first five pages are done. <laughs> And I am really making progress. They're like, all right, that's good. Well, we're going to maybe bring in Nesso for the last few. I was like, that's a great idea. We should probably do that. Hey, we're going to get Brian Shear to do issue 278. I'm like, good grief. If I do not finish 275 by the time that this guy finishes 278, three issues after the issue I want, I will never hear the end of this. Nope. <laughs> I think I finished days, like literally days, days before yeah. I finished yours. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't say that I'll never work on G.I. Joe again, <laughs> but I think it would just have to be in a whole different uh, scenario. Like, it wouldn't, I'll never, I don't think I'll work on a monthly deadline again. I would I say maybe maybe like a spinoff one shot or something like that. Yeah, if it year. was uh, like an annual, if they did an annual or yearbook or a you know, backup or yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. I'd love to still do stuff with the property, obviously. Sure. But it's just, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I love the chance that I had to work on it again. I love being associated with the property, but, um, well, it's just, you know, and did you ever get to work on a real American hero before other than like no, covers see, and stuff? Yeah. This was a big deal because I just, one, I, I had worked with Larry on another project. That's actually why I left snake eyes. One of the reasons I left snake eyes originally back in 2000 and, whatever, 13 or something. Yeah. Uh, I got to work with Larry on a graphic novel. Um, 
and and then so I did I did work with him in the past with that, but then uh, this was the first time I worked on a real American hero. So I wanted to do stuff like in canon, like on right. the you know on the main book, and this was a kind of a chance to do that. Right. So that was cool. And then a few days later, Mr. Shearer, you you finished your issue. <laughs> yeah, like, what? yeah, like, yeah, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're gonna hate me because uh, um, my uh, my script uh, had just basically one focused on one character, and uh, most of it takes place in a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got that script. And I was like. <laughs> I looked through there and it, it, the first few pages, um, uh, uh, like it was in the pit, right? And right. so yeah. my issue takes place around the. It's like a takes place around the time of issue two hundred. So it's a flashback. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the thing where they're following different characters sure. at a time. So, yeah. <clears throat> so I got Law and Order, and so it's in the pit. And so the fir- first, and I think I went on. You know, I, I, Larry had written, you know, his his breakdowns and. Um, he's like, you know, there's all these, there's the vehicles here and, you know, they're in various states of like, you know, hatches open and everything. And, um, and that's when I, I think I posted on Star Joe's. I was like, which way does the hood of the vamp open? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. That. Um, so I did all that. And then very quickly, the rest of the thing takes place in a, a like a, like a, um, just a tunnel, like a access tunnel below that, the whole issue. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so it, and it, and it was it, at first it was like, Oh, this is great. I don't have to draw all these vehicles and stuff. I can just, do, and then after about drawing three pages, I was like, <laughs> how do I make this interesting at all? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one character a in a tunnel. <laughs> there's a fan and some pipes. And maybe I can make this pipe have look look funky or something. You know, it's like what? what, what? And it's it's water stripping. At, um, you know, it's supposed to be at at night. And then I was running into things like um, so. Law has uh, he has a, a shotgun and he's got a, a bandolier of of shells around him. And uh, so so he's walking through there and it's supposed to be you know the power's off essentially and he's got a flashlight. And so um, I'm I'm walking through here and speaking of Lawnmower, my dog's just started barking. Um, I love the zombie on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get put you into the story. Have some water dripping. Brian had this all planned out. He's like, <laughs> he's he's actually in a cave right now, so he can yeah, really. Yeah. Um. So um, he's got the shotgun. He's got a flashlight, and he he goes down the thing. And I'm running into this stuff where, how does he? Like he's supposed to be doing some things and I'm like, well, how can he hold the shotgun and the flashlight? And then it's like, well, maybe I need to attach the flashlight. And then that didn't make sense. And so I I had to, it was like something so simple, but I can't, I don't even remember how much time I spent just figuring out like what flashlight is he using? Like, is it (laughs) like, what did Larry mean? And so I'm like going on to like, I know, you know, some military people and I was like sending out stuff. I'm like, what flashlight do MPs use? And I got like all these different answers. And finally, a few like former MPs were like, well, we always bought our own because the ones they gave us suck. I'm like, all right. So I'm just, I'm just drawing one. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, Bob <laughs> bought his own. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> I finally worked all that out. And, uh, there, the, the issue, like the, the main Cobra guys in this, there's a, a Toxo Viper and a Techno Viper. And 
I'm like, oh, you know, I read through this thing and I, I think twice I swapped when I was reading Toxo and Techno. Mm. So I swapped who that who was, you know, oh, who's no. happening to what. And, and I realized it after I'd already inked the page and sent it in. Oh, and and I, I, I said to um, the editor, I was like, um, I'm an idiot, but there's too many T word vipers in this. <laughs> and by too many, I mean, there's two of them. <laughs> And so I said, here's a swap thing, because don't worry about it. Just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll have fixing the dialogue. And I saw the dialogue, and Larry fixed it. Like, it, it makes perfect sense the way he fixed it. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I think, but, I mean, yeah. that is one nice thing about them swapping things afterwards. And I don't, you know, it's funny. I don't talk to Larry after the fact. You don't talk to Larry very much in this process. No, yeah. no. I've never um, talked to him when I'm working on Joe. Wow. Yeah, I don't. He, uh he always I, you get little notes and it says like, hey, if you need me to sketch this in or if you need reference, let me know. And the one time I did say, hey, I could, re-, you know, I was trying to wrap my head around a layout. I was like, I could really use Larry's help. And they said, sorry, yeah, Larry can't do that. <laughs> and it was I don't think he was being obstinate. I think he he was either sick or not feeling well or for gotcha. whatever reason, he, he just genuinely couldn't. And so I'm not like I don't hold that against him or anything. Sure. But I was like, well, that doesn't. That doesn't help. <laughs> um, so he just couldn't. But I just uh, I back when I was working at Devil's Due, I did. Um, who was it? He was doing I think he was working on something with the editor, Michael Sullivan. And I think he was doing a Storm Shadow miniseries or something. Right. OK. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Like the Storm Shadow. Yeah. Um, and then. He sent in a note on the script that just said, Storm Shadow does this figure eight move with his sword, and he has this very specific you know, Japanese name to the cutting maneuver. And uh, then he sent a series of photographs of him, like with the sword, doing it. And he's like, if I can do it, you can draw it. No excuses. <laughs> and he sent like a photographs of himself looking super dangerous <laughs> and threatening with the sword. And I was like, geez. <laughs> So basically, this is what I'm going to do to you if you can't draw it. I, I, that's the impression I got. Like, I was like, oh, gosh. So, Brian, with it, uh, Law and Order is one of one of my favorite characters because it was one of the last figures I ever got as a kid uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, um, Did you get to pick what character you got to work on or, like, like, cause I, I know they're doing like, they were doing these untold tales. So I didn't know if like yeah. there was a series of like, Hey, here's these characters Larry's going to be writing about. Which one would you like to work on? Or is it just, Hey, Larry's doing the law and order one. You're working on this one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. He's like, Hey, uh, are you up for a fill in? It's a law and order issue. I was like, sure. So, gotcha. um, <clears throat> one thing I, I, the, one of the mistakes I made too, uh, to make life harder for me in a, you know, drawing a, a German shepherd, with a, a, a black snout mm-hmm. and a dark background. No, don't do that. <laughs> Leave that to the colorist. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah, it was like, um, I think I had the issue number before I even knew what the thing, just like, would you just like to fill an issue? And I was like, sure. Okay. That, I hadn't been on Joe in like a year, year and a half or something. Yeah. You'd done like some covers here and there, but yeah. 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 So I hadn't been on interiors and so like, yeah, you know, hop back in and do something. That'd be perfect. And, uh, and it was kind of like, I actually got offered that a month before the shutdown happened. Gotcha. And so it was one of the, 
the things where that you'll get the script. Oh, to, really? yeah. yeah, it was like you'll get the script at this date, and then you know three weeks went by, and then it was like pencils down, and I didn't even get a stop. Well, I did get a stop working. I did, but I just figured it was like I don't even know when this is going to hit now. Like, and then I, think, I guess I finally got it in August or September, and uh, they gave me. Um, they said, can you get it done? By, I remember the third, but I think it was September third, maybe, or I can't remember if it was October or September. But I totally blew that. I was like, I was, I had trouble getting started on it. And then when I finally got started and then in the, I was all stressing. And then my editor's like, Oh, you're, you're fine. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're like, you, they're like, ha 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 ha. You know that 275 hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, I th- it really is, I think a, um, a trick editors do that they give you a deadline, but it's like so far ahead that they're just like, you know, and if you blow it, it's like, ha ha, that wasn't even real. I made that up. <laughs> I do know. I mean, I know for a fact they do. I mean, they've outright told me that after the fact. But so I do know that they give you that there is a false deadline and a hard deadline. But even the hard deadline that I've learned after the fact has that two to three week wiggle. Yeah, it has a false bottom. So, (laughs) yeah. But then but then when but if they blow that hard deadline, then that's when they that's when they get upset, because then they're, they're as a publisher, they get fined. Yeah, you know, there's there's penalties to that. So gotcha. that's that's frustrating. And that's when people get let go or, you know, that's when there's issues. But yeah, um, at any rate. But yeah, so I think there was and to be honest, too, there was just a bit of leeway with the whole covid situation. Yeah. Nobody was being like totally right. You know, yeah, I will in their business upset. I, I will tell you, Brian, though, too, I always, anytime I was looking through previews, if I saw that you were doing one of the covers for Joe, I was like, well, I know what, what cover I'm getting on this one. So. Oh. <laughs> the one Brian's not doing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. No, no. The other one. No, no, I always got Yeah, through. I think I did a cover for two, 275 or something. I don't even remember. I did one of them right before the book I worked on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like Scarlet and they're and all the other team coming up and they wanted oh, on that one. <laughs> the funny story about that one, uh, it has all of them approaching like a mystery character. So I have the mystery kind of hands and handcuffs or rescuing somebody or something. And um, and it was like Scarlet, Snake Eyes. And then he's like torpedo, but it was in the desert. And I'm like, why is torpedo <laughs> in the desert? And he's like, well, he's a seal. And I'm thinking and I, and I, I, I was talking to Shannon and I was like. Is there like another outfit that I'm not aware of that's not, you know, the underwater thing? He's like, well, there's this and this. I'm like, yeah, but then nobody's going to know who he is. Right. Shannon's like, have a little bit peeking out from under his like fatigues or something. I'm like, but it's the cover. It's like everybody's going to be like, who's that? Who's that? So I just put him in the scuba suit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the cartoon stuff, man. Right. That's when you got then Dogs and parrots flying a teen jet. Like, you just get away with it. So Torpedo's in there. He's in his wetsuit. And then I drew Scarlet, like the traditional Scarlet thing. And I got the note back. Hasbro doesn't want her in her tights anymore. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And And then he came back and said, uh, well, since it's a flashback issue, they said it was okay. I'm like, all right. All right. <laughs> you know, not like the time, the note I got where I had to put uh, um, uh, draw shorts over uh, the Speedos that uh, Shannon had drawn Roadblock wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that was my favorite note I ever got. It's oh. like, hey, uh, could you? And, and, and Scarlett's got like a, a bikini, like almost a thong with her butt right in the, the, the foreground. But man, you cannot have, you can't, can't have, have Roblox junk on there. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> 
Wow. Shannon. That's funny. Um, so, and, and you guys, uh, I would assume can enlighten me on this. So, uh, Brian, I know, like I said, you, you, you have this issue and you had, uh, you know, you've done work on other things and everything else. So is the, I know this was like a fill in and they came to you and said, Hey, we need, we need to fill in for this particular issue. If the reception on the issue is good, is there then potential for them to say, well, this issue did well and this was the artist we had on it. Let's ask them to come back for another issue. Or is it just kind of like, no, we needed someone to fill in. You did it and we're good now. Um, I'm inclined to think the the second, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I have no idea. I mean, honestly, my, as long as I've worked for IDW, yeah. um, my experience is the same. I think we just about everybody's you're on a book. You hear from the editors right away when you're on the book yeah, and then you don't hear anything forever. Gotcha. And then when they need something out of the blue, it'll be like, Hey, can you do this? It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot, and I, I don't know the entire reason. I think some of it is just, you know, they're just putting out fires and whatever the urgent sure. thing is. Yeah. And then, you know, if your name comes up or whatever, you know, and sometimes they don't respond to emails. And, um, there was a time like, I don't know, maybe like after I've been working a few years on Joe, I was getting like kind of frustrated, you know, trying to get other things and whatnot and emails not returned. And it was right after John Barber had left and he was just writing and I, I was kind of venting to him at a show and he goes, well, he says, uh, um, <laughs> he, he said that, uh, he, you know, being an editor there knows what's going on. He's like, they're getting hundreds of emails. Everything's on fire and they see it and they're kind of filing it away for later, but they just don't have time. But then he said, once he went freelance, he started feeling the same way because mm. it was like, even though he knows better, it's like when you're just at home by yourself and you're just like, Hey, I need to do that. I wonder if I can get some more work and you don't get a, a response. It's like, okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of the reality is like, you know, um, yeah, uh, the impression, the impression I got is like, none of that is strictly intentional for sure. the most part, 90% yeah. of it or more. You know, it's not intentional. It's just like, uh, you know, I, it, in the IDW offices, like there in San Diego, it's, you know, I don't know the, the strict square footage of their offices, but I was amazed at how small it is. Yeah. It's for as much, as much books and, and as, as much as you think like, man, they are real, they're one of the top six to seven publishers. Sure. And at sometimes, you know, in the last five to seven years, they've been in the top three. Right. To be honest, like there's been, certain months based on what properties they've had and what's com been coming out. Uh, times where My Little Pony exploded. Well, I was just going to say, there was My Little Pony exploded, Turtles exploded around the same time. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. There's been months where they've been in that top three or four. Um, but at any rate, and you're like, oh my gosh, like for them to be in the top three or four of their particular industry or their market, um, there, of course, you have your uh, your main editor in chief uh typically the uh one of their main publishers or one of the co-owners has an office there editor in chief has an office there they have their senior editor uh and then they have what they could be considered a group editor that would be like if you're at marvel like your x-men group editor if you're at dc like yeah. the batman group editor yeah but for them it's like the hasbro group editor who deals with all the licensing stuff sure uh, that used to be Andy Schmidt and John Barber, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's Tom Waltz now. Right. Um, it was Dave Hedgecock for a little bit. Um, but at any rate, so, and then they've got 
typically one, sometimes two if they're lucky, editors that are working with them on all of those books. Then yeah. besides them, there are only, I think, two other regular editors. So Bobby Kernow, who works on Turtles. Yep. And for a while, it was Denton Tipton. And he's gone. Like, he was let go. And he was doing things like Doctor Who and their Star Trek and, you know, a number of their other uh, side properties. Uh, and then you had, like, special projects editors like Scott Dunbier and a few others. But there are maybe six editors like yeah. total yeah. that work at IDW. And how many books are they putting out a month? Quite a few, yeah. Right? 30? Yeah. You know? Uh, uh, monthly. And then if you, but that those aren't even including all the collected editions, all the things that they're juggling, multiple covers, multiple editions, and all these other things that are happening. So just with the Hasbro titles alone, I mean, you collect the Starjo stuff. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. Now, how many books are you picking up? <laughs> right? too, too many. <laughs> exactly. So and they keep and books. they keep doing damn Transformers crossovers with stuff. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's not even all the spotlights and one shots and crossover things. Like, yeah. um, I'm just curious. what have... I'm curious what they're going to cross Transformers over with next. Like, uh, there's Turtles is left because they've done My Little Pony. They've done Ghostbusters. <laughs> They've done. They have Back to the Futures out there right now. They've done Terminator, um, like all of these in the last year. To two I mean, years. it makes <laughs> sense to do the vehicle properties. It makes sure. sense. Like Back to the Future makes sense. Ghostbusters sure. makes sense. Anytime you have a vehicle, a recognizable eight, vehicle, yeah, eighteen would be awesome. <laughs> like oh yeah, that's like amazing. Eighties or Night Rider. Know, ah. Yeah, night. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, oh yeah, yeah, Mask. They should totally do a Mask Transformers one. There, they well, and they have that property. That. I was gonna say they have I the know. property. I don't know why. I, they've tried to launch Mask a couple times, IDW, and, and Hasbro keeps knocking it down for whatever reason. They did it wrong, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> well. I actually, actually, the yeah. Mask series that they had not that long ago, I actually thought overall that was actually done pretty well. Um, they just, it was just during that time when they were really trying to get all the properties crossing over. I think it was just a bad timing type thing for that one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But. But I, so my main, my main point is that to that effect, yeah. I think it's not certainly not intentional. I think that it literally, you know, talking to Andy, I've, I've been really good friends with Andy for a long time. And and knowing the editors there at IDW, they're just just flat out swamped. Yeah. And it's and I know that they typically are planning like like Brian said, you know, they they were calling out to him six to eight months ago. Yeah. To get 278 done. You know, they're typically working six or eight months in advance. Um, when things fall through, then they call people in, uh, to, to do something long-term, yeah. but, uh, I was just curious too, cause, uh, cause Brian, from my perspective as, as a reader and stuff, and I know I'm deeper into it maybe than the casual fan of it, but from my perspective, I feel like your name now is getting more and more associated with GI Joe than yeah. in the past. So that's why I was just kind of curious if like this potentially could th- lead them into going, okay, let's bring him on a little bit more on some Joe yeah, stuff. I, so you, you get, again, there's just, I mean, I don't know. Cause I mean, I did, you know, pencil and ink, uh, issue. Was it the Duke and roadblock, yeah. um, thing? Yeah. Right. That, that, that was the last thing I worked on, yeah. um, for his interior. So that was like, what, basically two years yeah. gap. So, you made, you made me actually like you made me actually like a yeah. Uh, I think Tom um, Tom was my editor on that. Okay. Was it? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yes, yes, it was. I know it was for a fact. He made me actually yeah. like a Duke issue, so that was a good thing. Oh well, so, okay. There you go. Hey, and you know <laughs> what? Is saying that, something. <laughs> that one, that one took place in the desert. Right. <laughs> and this one takes place in a tunnel. So I've really lucked out on the background. <laughs> oh my gosh! No forests. <laughs> You didn't have to draw dozens of horses riding bicycles. You didn't have to draw, like, not just one bus. <laughs> literally full of dozens of distinctly dressed. I was going to say, they had to be recognizable, Robert. They couldn't exactly. just be generic no. green shirts. But two no, buses. Hey, you know, actually, two. both of these issues have started out the same for me. The first two pages, uh, like on that desert issue, the Duke issue, like there was a bunch of like locals and I drew, you know, like a bus and, and, and like some, some cars, like a bunch of people on it. Cause it was like, you know, the, the desert in the Middle East. Yeah. And then the rest of it's just not open space. And there's like, you know, Humvee, one Humvee or something. And then this one starts out in the pit. And it's like, all the, has some vehicles and then oh, right into the tunnel. And it's like, okay. <laughs> oh man. So Brian is, is, is the cover more detailed than most of the issue? <laughs> uh, pretty close. Um, no, I did. I did try to, you know, I, I, I made some, you know, some little cartoony pipes that have some, you know, <laughs> rather than just using a straight edge, you know, get a little organic pipes yeah. going on. Well, I was um, say you had to make it entertaining for yourself a bit. To, yeah, I had to do something. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Longman, we've been, uh, you've been kind of sitting there and, and listening through all of this. Do you have any, now that you've heard both, both experiences, do you, do you have any questions in particular about the, the issues or, or what, what they've done or anything like that? Honestly, I got a question. I'm looking at 275 here in the back of it. It has, uh, what the hell do they call it? Art at, art in action. Mm-hmm. It shows Robert's layout and pencils and the ink by Maria. And uh, I was actually wondering, though, the buses, was there any scripting where he wanted those characters deployed off the buses? And you guys as the artists kind of went, they're not getting off the damn buses because it's easier to draw them. This <laughs> I, I, you know what? I really wish uh, we could have gotten them off the bus because I thought that was like, I don't want to say the dumbest thing ever, but I was kind of like, I just really wish that I, they could have gotten off the bus. I, I thought they were going to like pile out and have a full on, right. you know, like tactical battle. But well, there wasn't yeah. time in the script, I guess, to do that. I don't know. From from a from a military standpoint, isn't that the worst thing to do is keep them on the bus? <laughs> I know they were just like trapped in. You're there. like a big um, target. Like you can wipe out half of G.I. Joe just by hitting one bus. <laughs> Yeah, just like hit it. With, yeah, exactly. Hit it with a, uh, a, a, a tank or something. Yeah. There's buses. They're not even armored. <laughs> exactly. They were just like charter buses. Right. They just yeah. like went to. They pick up your kids so, from school. From. <laughs> yeah, I think um, this is again kind of to my point earlier. I think if if this was not uh, now, by all means, I think you could have had. Uh, a similar effect. Instead of it being all splash pages, that sounds cool verbally, mm-hmm. but I think if we could have had maybe four or five um, very well placed splash pages, I you know like for example, I mean, whether or not you have it right in front of you, but like page, um, 
you, you know, obviously like the first page and then you have some storytelling and then like the page where like Duke and Hawk were like shouting out commands and roadblock is like firing away like that. I thought was good. Or like 10 where snake eyes is doing like that jump kick right into a trooper's back. And yeah. the, the ninja force you know, group is kind of like exploding out over. Um, and, and, you know, there was uh, another couple that I thought made sense, but to be honest, all of the, the crimson guard scenes with Laura, that was all just storytelling stuff. And that could have been much more just explored better yeah. through paneling. All of that could have been explored better through paneling. I think th- if there were uh, all the pages uh, except the one where the whole wave of the interior Joes finally get outside to help the exterior Joes out, I think it's page 18 where they kind of overload the Cobra forces and kind of flank them. Yeah. Um, well, and Robert, to your point about uh, developing uh, Laura more, one of the big things that didn't make sense because of how it was, and I agree with you, like it, the the issue could have worked really well with, uh, with having several big splash pages, but it didn't need mm-hmm. to have them all be splash pages. But the one yeah. thing I, I did just did not come across to me because there was no dialogue, because there wasn't no, there wasn't any development and stuff like that was the about face that she did. Like, she, yeah, she just heel turned on those guys. Yeah, and she like, was like very in issue two seventy four. She is very very <laughs> Cobra focused. And yes, Cobra Commander had her do some crap things, and Snake Eyes did save her. So there's there's a pre- precedence there for her to turn on Cobra. But by the end of two seventy four, she's still very much like I'm gonna go get him, Cobra Commander, and like very yeah. Cobra focused. And then because there's no dialogue and because there's no development in panels and stuff like that, all of a sudden, like you said, she just turns on Cobra. And I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, in this, everything in this issue, um, well, I mean, th- they set it up, I think, in uh, 270, maybe, when they're transporting Snake Eyes to the base. Yeah. And he's like breaking out and they barely get him there because he caused so much yeah. trouble in the air or whatever. And she, she kind of shows a bit of respect. She's like, man, this guy is tough. Like, yeah, that kind of thing. It was just more of like respect. Like, wow, he, he is a lot to handle. Um, and then it was more just like out of a, it came across more as like out of a respect for another soldier. Yeah. Um, less like, Hey, he might be on the right side. And I'm, I think I'm on the wrong side. Like Cobra, Man, they are bad guys. Yeah. You know, there wasn't any of that. No. You know, it, it was, uh, she was just doing her duty, um, you know, following, following the orders and felt like she had some kind of, uh, you know, code or like that she was a Crimson Guardsman. You know, yeah. what I mean? like that's what came across until this moment. And right. then she threw a grenade at him. Right. And like, that was what? a, that was the thing. I actually liked her. I want, I'm hoping something happens down the line that she gets more development and that she stays a Cobra. Like I like her as a Cobra crimson yeah. guardman. I like the, the idea number one, cause then you get another female in Cobra, which there's not enough of, but mm-hmm. she's also a very strong character, and I like the idea of her having a conviction as to why she's in Cobra and why she's staying with Cobra, um, right. even after all this. But yeah, the fact that she like turns and throws a grenade, I'm like, well, that that she's gonna be a if she does show up again, she's probably gonna be a Joe or she's running for her life from Cobra. I don't know. One yeah, of the two. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know how she survives because like right. she throws the grenade and there's like packed C4 like all up in the. 
Yeah. The ceiling. Um, which again would have been. But she dives out of the way. It's okay. <laughs> well, the, but then on the, like two pages later, the entire you know ground erupts because right. the whole base is laced with this. Like that's right. the idea. Of course, that doesn't come across because there's no dialogue. But well, and I think um, I, I think a lot of people too, myself included. I think there was a lot of people too that were thinking possibly that the original Snake Eyes was going to show up by the end of this series because it's called Snake Hunt and and yeah. And the, the thought that, and I, and again, I said it in the review and I don't mean it as a slight because a lot of story, a lot of great stories are told with very basic plots. And I was really, I was very thoroughly enjoying the story pretty much all the way through it. Um, but the basic plot of these 10 issues, and I get kind of why you have to go basic with all the other things they were trying to do about putting other characters and stuff. But the basic plot was Sean Collins got kidnapped. They're going to go rescue him. Like, that's and that's it. There was great like ten issues. Right. There's no. I was I was waiting for this twist. I was waiting for some something else, and there wasn't. And I like I said, I think that's why I was, and I know there was a lot of other people who were expecting maybe the original Snake Eyes is going to show up because there's never been a body shown yet. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like, well, is he still out there? Could he still be out there? I know Larry has come out and said no, he's dead, but Larry thought other guys were dead too. And but like to me, it's it's the movie thing. You, if you never see a body that me, for yeah. good guys or the bad guys, that means there's still potential for that character to come back. So the only I would have loved that. I think, but the only explanation I've heard directly from Larry was just that he he didn't know how long. Like as far as he knows, he'll be on the book. Like for as long as they'll let sure. him be on it. He's sure. always said I'll be on it until somebody fires me. So he's not planning on not being on it, which is good. But at the same time, um, he doesn't want somebody else to come in and start writing a real American hero and then kill off Snake Eyes. Gotcha. Right. That that's the one thing in his career he would hate to happen. Like which I've heard him verbally say. Like you... I would hate for somebody to come in and kill off literally one of his favorite characters that he's had a hand in creating. Right. Do you, so do you think someone would come in and do that though? Oh, of course. Oh wow! See, I I would think I would think if well, yeah, I guess it could happen, but I just would think that anyone that they brought in that was going to be doing Real American Hero would like that's the last character they would want to kill off. No, I think I think eventually it would happen just for sale. They've they well because they've literally killed off every other main superhero. Sure. Like like I mean I mean Superman's died. Everybody's right. everybody's died. Yeah, uh, that's a little they, that's they, a little different back. because they're superheroes. They always come back. <laughs> Now, true when it's a when it's a when Mil- it's a soldier book when it's a military fantasy book like this it's a little tougher, there is a though. bit more you know there's a bit more wiggle room there for it to be or a little less wiggle room I right. mean in that it's there's a bit, bit more realism there that somebody right. could could and should you know have that potential uh, you know so, a, a realism there but I, I think, know I know we're speculating on how Larry Hama's mind works which is dangerous but <laughs> do you think if he no, if he ever found out that this is going to be the last, whatever issue it is, this is going to be the last issue. Do you think he would bring Snake Eyes back for that issue? Uh, I I don't know. Um, I doubt it. I think I one the other thing I heard. Well, maybe I read it or I don't know. Somebody said, you know, will we find out about what's happening with Sean and Snake Eyes? And he said this was early on in this run, but he did say that we would find out definitively by the end of Snake Hunt who the 
the real Snake Eyes will be going forward. Gotcha. Whether it was going to be Dawn or Sean or if the Snake Eyes, you know, would come back. And I don't feel like that was quite answered because that no. wasn't really the the drive of the story. I think he forgot he answered that question yeah. <laughs> or was even asked that question. I don't know. Um, I guess we're supposed but, to assume it's Sean. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, from now on, like, I, you know, I guess it's definitely I think I think his point was to show that the training at the beginning in 266 was to show that Sean's abilities yeah. are pretty close to or at least uh you know, close to on par with what Snake Eyes could do. And the fact that he could do the ninja abilities to break out basically on his own. Uh, and then with the help of the team that was there to, you know, get out, uh, you know, reunite and then be like, man, Snake Eyes is back. And everybody's like, yeah, Snake Eyes is back. And then like, that was, that's what Larry, I think, wanted us to feel was like, gotcha. Yeah. He, he showed the skills Snake Eyes would need to get out on his own right because if you know it like they don't show up to help snake guys until he's already gotten out of the cell made his way through that whole corridor taken out cobra commander dr mindbender and literally dozens of you know <laughs> vipers <laughs> a whole a whole tunnel of vipers you know all of yeah. those alley vipers and the yeah. vipers and all those guys uh he does that all on his own yeah. Right? And I think that's that's a snake eyes move. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so I think that was his point. But I don't know that it reads like that. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But that's OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say it. Um, and, and that's and honestly, that's not just my opinion. I saw that on a lot of the Joe boards and everything else. So um, yeah. I, I and when I did my review, uh, I didn't know if I was going to be alone in my review. I was like, I even said in my review, I was like, I, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for the things I'm about to say, but <laughs> here's, yeah. here's how this issue came across to me. Um, and then I found out that I really wasn't alone with that. Um, Cause there was, there was a lot of anticipation. So I think there was also, there's also, the, there was also a lot of expectations because of that. And obviously that can always be a dangerous thing too. So um, yeah, now I, I think I I think just to put it out there I think is a bit unfortunate yeah the circumstances I think he put it out there as a silent issue for similar reasons because it's just much quicker to write yeah <laughs> a silent issue you don't have to do that second pass of dialogue right. and when they're all splash pages you don't have to work about work out paneling yeah like yeah. he just had to throw down the major beats and then he can move on to scripting to seventy six right right. And then he was done with the story. I think that's right. what it came down to. Yeah. And like I said, overall, it was a very fun ride. I, I had yeah. fun reading uh, issue to issue. There was, a, like, I love the, the Rudy moment where it's like everyone decides they're going to take vacation to go save uh, Snake <laughs> Yeah, House. that was, I mean, there was there were some cool points. And you could go in, and like I was saying with this moment with Sean, like, you could dissect it. And I think that you could, you're, you're kind of injecting thoughts, like I said, into Larry, or like you mentioned, into Larry's mind. Like, maybe he was thinking this, you know. But uh, there is some nuance there for yeah. Sean specifically. But, you know, you have to go find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Brian, for the Untold Tales uh, story that, that you did, I uh, obviously, uh, depending on how much you can reveal or can't reveal, uh, is totally fine. Um, is, was there any 
I know there might not be specifics, but is there was there any guidance as to roughly when the story takes place? Because we know it takes place before current continuity. Um, just at at, at issue two hundred two hundred. So 200. That, I think that's actually the very beginning. I think the first page says, you know, this takes place at the events events of uh, two hundred. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's right then. So it's uh, you know, real snake eyes is in there. <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> so i want hey, did i did i ever tell my story about because i i inked the issue where snake eyes died did i ever tell you that my my uh snake eyes dying story i don't think, I don't so. think so uh that um so i didn't you know i never really got a script very few times did i ever get a script i just got pages right so right i'm just you know i'm i'm <laughs> I'm just going by Shannon's art and the little comments he makes. Right <laughs> to the thing. Yeah. And so um, I think it was with two pages, Snake Eyes takes the dive after the, you know, Serpentor or whatever and, and kaboom. And then I'm inking it and then, and then immediately out pops Snake Eyes with a burnt face and picks up the mask and put it on. I didn't even realize he died. <laughs> I didn't realize oh, yeah, he died shot, for a yeah. long yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I was like, "Wait a minute! Oh, he's dead!" And then I went back and looked at the pages. And I'm like, "I yeah, I couldn't get that from from those three <laughs> that, that three page sequence." Well, and I, 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 yeah, and I think there was some commentary by uh, um, by Shannon on those pages too. Nice, nice. <laughs> Well, yeah, it, uh, the commentary reminds me of one of my f- uh, favorite issues that I have um, was the issue where you did the cover with the uh, all the female uh, mm-hmm. characters, and uh, Shannon was in the interior, and I brought that to Baltimore, and Shannon writes something, I don't even remember, at you, knowing <laughs> that you were going to be signing it next. Oh, yeah. And then, so then... Brian writes something back at Shannon and I'm like, you guys know this is like my issue, right? (laughs) (laughs) But the brilliance of it is the fact that both the, whether you knew it or not was that that was something I loved was be able to, because I know both of you well to be able to see your banter on in ink form on that cover. It was fantastic. <laughs> We're just defacing people's right, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll get that slabbed and graded, sucker. <laughs> I should bring the issue back again the next time you guys are both at a convention so you guys can continue the banter on because there's still plenty of room because it was like a pink background yeah. cover and stuff. So But this uh, time it'll be it'll be slabbed CGC graded point seven. <laughs> <laughs> This thing, they'll be like, this thing is so worthless, you owe us money. It's like, no, 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 I know these They'll guys. join in on the banter, like, what were you thinking? <laughs> like, why were you? Well, and that's, CGC. and that's not the first time Shannon has written stuff on the cover of an issue I've given him. So. Oh, gosh. The, He's hilarious. Oh, every, my gosh. Every time I give him an issue, it's there's always some dialogue he's got to put on there. After he, right before he signs it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, um, he, he was putting up some great commissions recently. I don't know if you saw them online, yeah, like yeah. on uh, Facebook of like the Viper, the window Viper. Yes. Oh there's yeah. A, there's a few yeah. others. Yeah. A friend of mine, uh, Sam, who we've had on the show before, uh, he was on episode uh, 250 with us. He, um, w- which Robert didn't make. 
but uh <laughs> no <laughs> i was recovering yes um but they uh he actually just saw recently a truck and he sent a picture where it says the viper on the on the, or the, yeah it said the viper on the pack and it made him think of the the window viper so <laughs> <laughs> um which i still think that that character needs to show up in the real american hero somewhere uh but i could uh, put him in the tunnel there you go <laughs> I'm just a squeegee like right. in there. Yeah, Brian. Next time they have you work on a real American hero, I want a, a guy with a squeegee somewhere just right. in the background. Or I'll, something. I'll get him in there. Yeah, I'll get him in there. I'll buy that page off of you. So. <laughs> I could have drawn him like dead in the back of the bus. But no armor. <laughs> He's a human shield. Exactly. So here's here's a quick question, uh, and then we can get off Joe and onto some other other topics or whatever. But um. Robert, you asked this of me, and I just thought it would be interesting to hear what you guys think for yourselves. Uh, and so be thinking about this. But the one day you asked me, I think it was just in a text message, you were like, what Joe do you think you look the most like? I think it was something mm. like that. And yeah. uh, for me, I said, I think I would pull off a good uh, Chuckles. I don't think Chuckles and I have the same personality or anything like that. I would definitely not be able to pull off being a Chuckles because... I can't be the, the infiltrator type guy. Um, they they would threaten to torture me, and I'd be like, I'll tell you all the secrets. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but as far as just like if I was to cosplay a character that I think I could look the most like, uh, it would be uh, probably Chuckles or probably Psych Out. That would probably be the two I could pull oh, off. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Um, so I'm curious for you guys, which character do you think you resemble? Like if you had to cosplay and you had to mm. look like you, you couldn't put on like false noses and stuff like that. Like what character do you think you could pull off as a cosplay? Uh, well, for me, I, I, I can't literally can't grow any decent facial hair. So that takes out like literally 78% of the joke. <laughs> um, so I, I'm like limited to a masked GI Joe or uh, you know, potentially a Flint. I think um, you could pull off a Flint. Flint or Falcon. Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Falcon. Um, but you know, something like um, I could just like not wear deodorant and be beachhead. I think that's probably <laughs> what I would do. <laughs> there you go, uh, uh, Mr. Longman. How about you? We'll save Brian for last. But <sighs> honestly, probably repeater. Okay. Hair and that's kind of what I would be. I I go for the heavy guns anyway, so. Nice. <laughs> it's probably a weird one, but that's what I think. I would no, that's do. good. Uh, I'm I'm looking up repeater right now. Yeah, I can see you pulling off repeater. Yeah, definitely. I didn't I didn't remember what he looked like, so I I wanted to look him up real quick. But yeah, I know I got to do the same thing. Like I love that you pick somebody that's not. Like the top ten, you know, right. people that we just know off the top of our heads. Right. Yeah. I, I, I just obviously I didn't know what question was coming up. Going, who the hell could I pull off? <laughs> <laughs> no, I could see you as I'm repeater super. for sure. So, okay, cool. How, <laughs> repeater, it is. How about you, Mister Shear? Um. Oh, well, I'd have to. Say, well, I definitely have to say somebody with some facial hair. Um, right. <laughs> 
Um, I would probably say clutch, but I would have to dye my beard because most of it's turned white at this point. <laughs> right. But that's part of, that's part of cosplay, though, I guess. Yeah. yeah the cosplay yeah, would be yeah. going out and getting the just for men and uh, <laughs> raking it in there. Nice. Or you just really commit and then you become the blind guy that Snake Eyes meets in the woods. <laughs> Uh, when he's like irradiated, irradiated. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I just thought, I thought that would be a good uh, question to throw out there. Uh, since, like I said, I remember you asking me that, Robert, and I was like, I was like, who the hell could I be? I was like, ah, we'll see. So, uh, Mr. Sherry, you had a uh, uh, your it was an Indiegogo for your uh, art book. So you got funded. Uh, I did. The art books uh, being uh, put together, I assume, at this point. Yep, it is. I'm getting the um, some of the the copy finalized. I mean, the whole thing's basically laid out, and uh, trying to get it into the printer in the next uh, week or two, definitely before Christmas. Nice. And um, yeah, so that's uh, that was kind of my end of year uh, campaign, and I did a. Um, uh, Kickstarter right before that for like a second chance offer of Gunship Thunder Punch. Yeah. Yeah. So both of those are coming in. I'm going to be shipping those, I think, overlapping. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that's the, that's the thing. And the, the art book is actually still, it's in demand. That's the nice thing about Indiegogo is you can switch it to in demand. So while it's being printed and I'm going to have extra copies, people can still get it. So you can go to, uh, Indiegogo and get it. And actually, if you go to, um, I guess I just got a pointer URL that's uh, getthisart.com. It'll take you there. I'm just going to point it to whatever my latest project is. So nice, nice. Um, and uh, I think I, I have it, but if I if if you can also just email me that link. I'll put it in the show notes so people can okay. go to Star Joe's and and uh, they can <laughs> click on it. So um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm well, and I assume I know we talked about page number. There's going to be a few a few more pages, but size wise, I assume it's the same dimensions and stuff as the first one or uh yeah it's eight and a half by 11 120 pages cool. nice nice so it's the same size a little bit thicker than the first one just by you know four, i guess four pages i think the yeah. first one was 116 yeah. so it's still um it's a, it's a nice i like that bigger size for the art book yeah um, i do too because i actually um i forgot the size that it was and i i actually literally just pulled it out like two days ago because I was remembering something that you drew and I was like, oh, let me pull that art book out. And I had gotten several art books since then that were the square size. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And so I pulled yours out and for some reason in my head I had, that was, I, I guess because I saw those other art books, I was thinking it was that size also. And I was like, I was like, no, this is a nice big one. This is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, get to fit a lot more in there. So Yeah, I, uh, I just like the way that, because uh, I'd, I'd gotten some art books that were about that size, and it just feels right. Yeah. I don't like the, um, like a, a traditional comic size doesn't, I don't really like those as far as art books go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, where did you, how did you end up, like, figuring out where you wanted to print those at? And how did um, I that? used, uh, well, for the first one, I did uh, Print Ninja, which is in China, and the turnaround time there is like six weeks or something, for even or even more. It's like, I think it's five weeks just on a boat coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, Doug Tenaple was using API, which is basically Jostens that do all the yearbook stuff, and they're in Nashville, and he hooked me with, up with this guy there, and I asked for a quote, and it was a little bit less than Print Ninja, and it only took them two weeks. Oh wow! So wow. that's why that's why I did uh, Thunder Punch with. So I'm using them exclusively from now on. Nice. Yeah, that's very cool. Very nice. 
Um, speaking of Thunder Punch, uh, I uh, thoroughly enjoyed the issue, and I'm not just saying that because you're on the episode. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Thank you. What can uh, what can we expect with that one? Because after I was done reading, I go, I I need the next issue. <laughs> uh, I am planning on launching that uh, tentatively. Fe- I'm thinking February first. Okay. Uh, it's going to be the first campaign of the year, so I'm trying to get a um, a huge uh, at least the inks, a huge chunk of the inks done, so I can get the turn of the book around faster. I would actually like to do books two and three next year. Nice. Um, so that that's the plan. I just uh, you know with. 2020 being the way it is i'm just i'm 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 you know i'm cautiously optimistic sure sure <laughs> but uh i'm just trying to get these i'll get these two books uh, two campaigns and it shouldn't take long to ship they, they were smaller campaigns uh and it'll give me some time to turn around and prep the the next campaign for that but uh, yeah i'm looking at um around february 1st of trying to trying to launch that now and i can't remember i think i've seen some stuff but uh already but so do you are do you have that mostly drawn or started or I'm still working on the story stuff. Okay. Um, I, I have again, that's why that's part of the reason why I had these other two campaigns in between just sure. to give myself some time to think and, you know, and, and, and I have talked to uh, Robert about doing a cover. He's, cool. he's yeah. Still do a cover one? Yeah. yeah. I'm totally going to do a cover. <laughs> I'm excited to do it. I just yeah. got to get uh, material from you on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I'll be talking to Robert. I wanted him to do an alternate cover for nice. uh, for that campaign, and Randy Green did one for uh, the the Kickstarter too. That yeah, came out yeah. really well. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's the plan anyway. Nice. I uh, yeah, and, and like I said, I mean it sincerely when I say I really did enjoy it. Uh, because usually a book that size, I it'll take me a couple sit downs because I I'm it, like I'll read read a few pages and I get something else happening in life. And then I have to come back and read it, uh, read more of it. But that one, I actually, I, I sat down and just like read it cover to cover because I was enjoying it. So no matter what distractions were coming up, I was like, nope, got, I'm finishing this. Awesome. <laughs> and oh, uh, yeah, and I will tell people just for uh, listener sakes, for those that might be interested in everything else in it, like if you're someone that likes, uh, number one, if you like just giant robots and sci-fi, it's definitely should be checking it out but i definitely feel like it appeals to like the robotech type crowd because it's got that little bit of that anime manga look to it uh Mm -hmm. and and story elements to it and everything um but it's i don't want to say it's completely like that because it's not it's uh it's just got hints of that in it that can really pull you in if you like that type of stuff so um the characters you know i i like the fact too that you didn't you know, it's an introduction into the world, so that you didn't overload it with a bunch of characters. I'm sure you had a bunch of people you would would have loved to have thrown into the first issue, uh, a bunch more stuff thrown into the first issue, but you could tell it was very um, controlled. Like, yeah, yeah, where you were. Well, you know, I was just trying to get, you know, again, yeah, it's an introduction. Get to know these people. You're on the the adventure, and um, you know, I I, I I was trying to streamline things a bit. Um, yeah. So I, I went back recently and I was looking at some of my notes and <clears throat> like I had the caption, uh, the first two like kind of backstory pages. Like I was going to do those like longer backstory thing. Yeah. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, you know, you don't really need much. Uh, I think that all the backstory was had. It was basically, um, you know, we discovered life on Mars. Mars wasn't thrilled. And then kaboom, they're attacked. It's like, that's all you need. That's right. All you don't need. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's that, that. So 
um, I'm trying to be economical in the storytelling, but make it make it engaging. Um, yeah. It's kind of and I, I was talking to my my friend um, Elliot Fernandez. Uh, well, I was kind of running things by him, and uh, at a certain point, because I'd been staring at the story so long, by the time I got done, I was like, I don't even know if this is good anymore. <laughs> like I just you know you stare at something long enough, you work yeah. on it. It's like it's, I'm just so desensitized to it. Yeah. So um, then, so once it got out there, I started getting a lot of people saying, Oh, they really liked it. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I, you know, I guess it wasn't a complete <laughs> failure. I guess I'll keep doing it. <laughs> no, I totally get that because, like, uh, for me, I was, I was even changing words, uh, not a lot, but I was changing a few words. Even once I got it back from the letter, I was like, ooh, I really don't like how I worded that. Let me go ahead. And, yeah. Hey, can you change this? <laughs> and and me being so green, I didn't even know if that was done. I was just like. I don't, I was email. I had Dave Sharp was the letterer and I was emailing Dave. I was like, I don't know if this is like out of line, but could you change this word to this and this word to that? I didn't do it a lot, but I just, I was, he's like, yeah, that's yeah, no problem. Yeah. And he's, and he emailed me back at the end of the whole thing. And he said, he's like, this was really smooth. He's like, I have worked on far worse things. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will take that as a compliment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm putting that on the yeah. book, back of the book as a <laughs> testimonial. I have from the letter. I have worked on far worse things. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Quote Dave Sharp. Great. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. But uh, but no, and I will say, like for me, one of the things that was fun was having people that worked in in the industry read it and enjoy what I was trying to to do that didn't yeah. owe me anything. They didn't have to be nice to me or anything like that. That like Dave actually said to me, he's like, yeah, I'd like to have some issues with this. Cause I don't get to put all ages stuff on my table very often. And he says, this right. is a fun adventure. And then like, um, uh, Ross Hughes, he, he, he's been promoting, trying to get work for himself. And he, he actually put the one day I had no, no idea. And, and I just happened to come across it. He's like, this is the fun that comics should be. And, and I was like, that's very nice. So it was, it, felt good to hear stuff like that from people in the industry um, that owed me nothing for, for saying right, that. So. Right. Well, I mean, I think readers in general are very honest. I mean, yeah. you know, they, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll let you know <laughs> if they don't like something. Um, for sure. And I, and fortunately, I mean, I didn't have very, I think I had, I don't think I got any bad reviews. I think I had one or two, one person's like, what did they say? They thought that uh, the, the main bad guy was irredeemable. Uh, and, um, they thought somebody else thought it, maybe, maybe it was even the same person thought that it moved too fast or something or went, sl- I don't know. It was, and it wasn't even like harsh criticism. Sure. Right? It's like, it's like, Just they still critique. enjoyed it. Their, but, yeah. You know, their like, own personal critique of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's fine. Yeah. Nobody was like, I can't believe I bought this book. <laughs> well, and, and to your point, when you're talking about the, um, the characters and how much to really delve into them and everything else. One of the things I liked was that there was hints to the main character's uh, background and her motivation and stuff like that, just like these little hints in her dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. like you get hints that there is a larger story. There's more to know about these characters. So, um, yeah. Um, and, and, and I, and I've said this a thousand times before, but I, I really don't like very wordy comics. Like yeah. I want to get just enough to tell the story and slowly kind of reveal things. I think that keeps people reading. 
Um, and it's just what I like when yeah. I read books. Don't um, read anything from the 1980s or before. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I mean, but it, there's a there, there's a sweet spot for yeah. amount of dialogue in a comic. And I know that in the early 2000s, especially late 90s, I would be reading and you'd get back to the I always called it the headquarters scene. Like yeah. it, in like it'd be in Hulk, for example. And then all of a sudden you're back at the military headquarters and there's the general. And it's just like all of a sudden it's a novel. And yes. not a comic. And it's like, I, you know, I read a lot books wise, right? Yeah, but yeah. when you get that many words in a comic, it's just like something in your soul. You just get exhausted. Yes. You're like, it's not meant to do this much. <laughs> I 100% agree because there is a Batman issue. And I want to say it was a Grant Morrison issue. Um, I think it was part of our, <laughs> I think it was part of RIP, um, which is why I say that. Um, because I know he did all of RIP. Um, but there was a, not RHP. That's different. That's for this show. Um, <laughs> oh, guys. But anyways, um, RIP, uh, it was RIP issue. I'm almost positive, but there is just a big on, on one of the two pages that you're looking at, there would be a big image. And then it was just all text. It, it, it was, yeah. it was literally reading a book with pictures in it. And to your point, Brian, I read a lot of books also. I love reading books, but when I go to read a comic, I have a certain expectation and it's not that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, if you were, um, I mean, it's a little different for me because I'm writing and drawing it. So I'm kind sure. of that, uh, you know, I'm looking at it different than a person who's sitting down. Oh, I've got to write this script. Sure. And so, you know, writers write. That's what they do. Right. And if you're sitting down, uh, you, you, most writers are not going to do plot style. They're going to try to get their, you know, well, I mean, they're getting paid differently right yeah yeah they're, they're getting paid for a script and pages getting those pages in but you know if you're a writer and you, you're trying to break in as a writer you want to write you yeah. want you, you want those words on the page so i get it but uh um yeah at, at certain points like go write go write your book just, yeah. just go write go write it go write your novel <laughs> okay well and that that was good feedback i got from robert and from uh, uh quinn was they came back with my original rough draft, which I knew was rough, and I just threw it at them and said, "Butcher this, I don't care." Um, and it was there was a lot of exactly what you're saying, which is cut back on how much words you're using uh, in the dialogue and everything. So this, you know, you can describe the scene as much as you want, but when it comes to the dialogue, like, um, you know, less is more, you can make it more yeah. concise and everything else. So, um, and. God went to your point, Brian. It's like, yeah, I wanted to write a lot, but it was like, yeah, I gotta cut this back. And I think it went through five, six edits before I finally was happy with things. But, um, the last thing I want to do is send something to an artist like yourself or Robert and be like, and have you guys go, all right, war and peace. Here we go. Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, you know, it'd be less backgrounds to draw, I guess. (laughs) There you go. Well, and sometimes what can happen too is if you write too many words, then people's heads get cut off uh, yeah. by the letter. <laughs> um, I've heard that's happened before to people. So. Once, twice, especially when you're trying to draw your friends in, carry right. them in a book, right? And then, and then because <laughs> the letter <laughs> places the balloon right over their head, right over their head, <laughs> and then they're not in that book anymore. But their other friend is in the. But book their still. other friend what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I still get a good laugh out of that one. It's so great because man alive. So I forget. I mean, it was in the castle. It was book, in the castle book. Yeah, Marvel. yeah. And I drew the thing is, 
I kept drawing the main castle character. Uh, I forget his name in that, but something Derek Storm. And Derek Storm, yeah. And yeah. he, I kept drawing him with this like uh, I always drew this little meme of like a Snake Eyes as Pac Man, you know, chasing after a Cobra Commander head like a ghost, like yeah. a Snake Eyes ghost or a you know Pac Man ghost. Yep. And I kept drawing him with that T-shirt with that meme because it was just kind of a funny thing I used to draw back then, and. I probably got like 10 pages into this book and I kept drawing that on the shirt and they go, look, I got to tell you, my editor was like, can you please stop drawing that? Every time you put that on the shirt, we have to go in and erase it because we do not have the licensing rights for that to be on the shirt. I was like, oh, geez, buddy, sorry, you should have just said something. And this is like before the issue came out. So I didn't know that they were having to do that. And, um, but sure enough, in that issue, your Star Joe shirt right. shows up. It's I in there. Your Star Joe shirt yep. on there, and of course, uh, Chuck's like he's wearing a Captain America shirt, Which so that's going to make it just right. fine. Right. And you guys are just standing in the crowd in the background, and Chuck is sitting there like, hey, just like watching, yep. you know, looking on in the background, and your head, the word balloon, is directly right. over <laughs> your face. <laughs> but Star Joe's made it. Star Joe's on the T-shirt the made Joe's it into the is is issue. There. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've got the hardcovers. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, man. Do you still have that page, by the way? I might. You know, I should look up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I came only... across some of that. As I was going through my closets the other day, I did come across some old original art. I've got some of that still. It's the only proof. I'll see if I can is. find it. Only proof that there is that I was actually in that issue. Oh, um, man, because you could see, you should see the goofy face I made you have. And you, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a little goofy. I've used, I used it as my profile image on Facebook for a while. Did you with the word balloon? No, not with the word balloon. Because you oh. had sent me, because you had sent me a picture or a scan of it to prove that you actually did oh, draw okay, me in there. Okay. And yeah. so I used that. Uh, to say, to show to people that I was Look, actually. Look, I was actually in yeah. this book. <laughs> and then Shannon drew, uh, did a Drost Incorporated or something like that for like a power plant or something. Oh where... man, he would just do so many Easter eggs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you were inking all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. you telling me about it. Yeah. There, uh, Thurman, I remember, um, Thurman ice Thurman's cream ice cream, yeah. uh, but there was tons of stuff in there. I did, uh, I gave, uh, uh, Chris a, uh, um, a pharmacy. He was, he was the Canada pharmacy in the Duke issue. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> so, so in the Joe, the Joe universe, he, he runs a, uh, runs a pharmacy. Nice. Oh, and if people are curious because they haven't heard from him in forever, uh, John had to leave. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. He just snuck out the back. <laughs> he was like, I'm calling it a night guy. So, uh, he's like, I'll listen to the episode later. Uh, he, he showed up for the intro and uh, yeah. then we got talking and he, he needed to head out. So uh, I did. So in case anyone's wondering, I, out of this I was going to say I edited him out of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the character that uh, showed up, you know, and it just didn't work. We just never talk about him again. Yeah. And we we for- didn't like his opinions earlier. And so <laughs> we forgot to edit we- the opening out where he introduces himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went He's like, and I'm John, and that's the last we heard of that guy. <laughs> He's like the jeans guy that showed up in the Mandalorian episode. Have you guys seen that? The image? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The jeans guy. Yeah. There's, There's a-, a guy in the background who's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. He's just like half of his body's poking out. Yeah. They got the wrong angle and the 
from the camera. No, I haven't seen that. What episode? This this season? This season. It was the one where uh, Grief appears. Now, from what I heard, I didn't go back and rewatch the episode, but from what I heard, they have now corrected that. Oh, man. That's you so can find the pictures. Yeah, you can find the pictures. In fact, you can find people who have made uh, mock-up action figures of Gene's guy. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Jeez. Okay, let me pull it up here real quick. But, uh, I so think I somebody actually... called him uh, Admiral Jeff Jeans or something. <laughs> They're going to be custom figures now. Yeah. But yeah, That's if you great. look up like Mandalorian jeans guy, you should be able to find it. Oh, sure. Man- oh, action figure. Yeah. Jeans guy. Mandalorian jeans guy. Oh, yeah. So he's in the back. Yeah. Just off to the left. Yeah. Yep. He's just standing there against the wall. <laughs> yep. He's got a watch on. Like he's got yeah, an Apple watch. Like, right. he's like, it almost looks like he's facing the wall. Like, I know he's facing us, but you can only see, like, part of it, like, he's in trouble. <laughs> You're going to sit there, young man, I so I you can key grip properly. <laughs> in, in just that image, too, I, I like the, the idea that they're there to rescue him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this this is hilarious, this mock-up of the action figure. Oh, it's yeah. just like a corridor. Yep. And it's like half a guy standing behind it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> jeans guy. I'm going to use that for the episode picture. <laughs> the jeans guy. Oh, my guy. gosh. That's great. <laughs> then there's like Star Wars, the Mandalorian, the art of the Mandalorian. And on the cover, it's just like half of a jeans guy <laughs> standing yep. like on the cover of the yep. book. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing that cracks me up the most about that is this, and I've said this many times about the the Mandalorian is that the the quality of film that they're doing like every week I watch it I honestly especially this season I really feel like I'm watching like movie level quality um, oh hands down uh, especially this last episode yeah I would say uh, I mean and there's been a number of episodes where I felt this way yeah but I mean them doing this at such a high caliber them putting as much money into it as they are but them yeah. also being able to figure out the technology that's allowing them to do this. Well, I was going to say the technology is amazing because it's, it's basically a big screen. And now that I kind of know that that's what they do, I kind of see, I I don't see it in the episode, but I can kind of see like, Oh, that, that they probably did that with the big screen. Yeah. But it doesn't take away from how amazing it looks. (laughs) Yeah. And it just, it just so completely opens it up that they can just literally do anything and go anywhere. Right. Which yep. for this type of universe just completely open, like just opens it up. Yeah. So, uh, it makes me just wish that, you know, there were just more, uh, spinoffs, more things that could happen all at once. Like I understand they don't want to flood the market. Right. Because I think that there, you could saturate the market too much, but I'm like, uh, I don't, are you, I don't know how much you want to go into it. It's already like late, but yeah. Um, well, I will say I, I will not be shocked if we, I, and I think they're planning to anyways, but I would be shocked if we don't get an Ahsoka Tano spinoff. Uh, well, I mean, her even just, I don't know how much you want to spoil this, but just. Spoilers her. for anyone listening. If you didn't watch, <laughs> if you're not up to date on Mandalorian, stop listening. Or if you yeah, just don't yeah. care, keep listening. Okay. <laughs> there, we're covered. All right. Everybody's been warned. But her even just mentioning Admiral Thrawn. Yes. I was like, what? Oh, like, my head! That, my head just exploded just like when I heard that. Two episodes ago, when they mentioned Ahsoka Tano, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> that was great because it just dropped another bomb there, where right. op- it it connected this universe to 
you know, the Clone Wars show, right? Yeah, yeah. And her mentioning that opens it up to the novelization of Timothy Zahn books. Like, well, it, and they brought Thrawn into the Rebels show. Um, well, he, that's true. He was in Rebels, and they've done the book, the, the now-in-canon books that were done by Zahn uh, that talk about his origin and everything else. So, yeah, they opened that up. I love, I as a big EU fan, I love the fact that they even mentioned Tython as a planet, which mm-hmm. is the one of the planets where one of the original Jedi temples is located. So, um, there, I mean, there are, yeah, there's certainly, uh, I mean, I, I can, I would love for them to keep this centered around the Mandalorian oh, for and sure. the lore of rebuilding Mandalore and all that kind of stuff. Like the, just the, all of the backstory that could be centered around him and these smaller missions, that would be awesome. But there's certainly room for them to do a spinoff series that is the same time period that could be potential crossover type stuff uh, and following Ahsoka Tano and a bigger world galactic Admiral Thrawn type stuff. So, uh, Kevin and Brian, I, have you guys been watching? Are you caught up to date? Did we just spoil the shit out of everything for you? <laughs> um, I have not seen any of it. Oh, wow. I don't have Disney what? Plus. I don't have Disney Plus. Oh, gotcha. I'm completely caught up, but actually, I'm wondering how long are they going to keep uh, Grogu around, actually? Because yeah. if you kind of pay attention to the episodes, he's in it for a little bit, and then Mando takes off and does the big adventure. Yeah. And then yeah. you see Baby Yoda again. And so it's like, okay, are they going to hand Baby Yoda off here pretty soon, but maybe the end of the season, yeah. and then start to fill out the Bo-Katan and the Ahsoka story, like give a bit more color to those before they maybe yeah. go to standalones. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I feel like, uh, I almost feel like they can't let, uh, Grogu become not become stay as part of the series for as long as the series goes um, because he's such an integral part. It's it's now it should really just be called Mandalorian and Grogu at this point. Um, well, because of the whole lone wolf and cub right like, like thing that it's become right absolutely yeah. And so I I have a feeling like I think at the end of this, I, I want to hear your guys thoughts as far as who do you think the somebody's going to show up at Tython. Like he's going to get Tython. He's going to get him to Tython and somebody's going to show up. And I've heard some interesting things uh, about that, about like who people think it could be and everything else. Um, but who do you guys think is going, who it's going to be at the end? I think it's going to be Ezra. Who is it going to be? Ezra. Ezra. Okay. I've heard that one. Yeah. But some things it's Mace Windu. And I'm like, oh, come on. There's no way. <laughs> like, there's no way. I would love like, that. <laughs> that's, that's, fan, that's such fan theory stuff. I'm like, right. what? I mean, that would be amazing, but there's no way they would do that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it could it could literally be, uh, man, I just, I, I haven't even put too much thought into it. I just kind of want to be open. Um, yeah. Because there's so many, they could pull from so many EU sources uh that's what i was trying to tell my son i'm like look they could create a brand new character certainly right but they're from the video games from the novels from the comics they this has been explored territory yeah this time period like they could pull from any of these you know and it'd be 
Yeah. Uh, somebody that we that has been established before, and it would be a way to, to fill in their backstory or fill in gaps, and that would be cool for them yeah. to do that for the big time fans and anybody who didn't know them already. Would it would feel like a new them. character, right? Well, and like I've heard everything from, uh, and I'm sure you guys have seen this multiple times, like because I've seen it everywhere, is like they could bring Luke into it, and they could have Sebastian Stan be Luke since he looks so much like Mark Hamill at a younger <laughs> I love age. that that comparison <laughs> yes. photo that yeah. somebody did that looks so awesome. Yeah. Um. So, and it would kind of make sense that that could be who shows up at the end. Uh, is it would be Luke showing up, uh, since he's the one starting a school and everything around this time period. Um, I've heard uh, it could be Thrawn that actually shows up. Uh, even though he's not Jedi, he could be the one that's trying to get uh, the, the asset. Um, I even, because uh, I know we saw like an episode or two ago, uh, we saw the, uh, what's his name, the moth that we uh that has Moff Gideon. The, Moff Gideon with the Darksaber. It could be him, yeah. I've heard. Uh, when we saw the armor and everything else, I thought that armor looked a little Vader-ish. So I was like, are they doing clones of Vader? Um, so it could be something like that. And then I even heard from uh, our buddy Grub. He's like, what if it's a Sith? Um, it doesn't oh, have geez. it doesn't have to be a Jedi. It no, just somebody who's force sensitive to feel it. Yeah. So then I started thinking, well, what if we got a cool character like Darth Talon, who is definitely old, mm. old expanded universe, but a very cool character. Um, and then thinking about how they brought Thrawn into a different time period to make him canon. I was like, what if they brought in somebody from let the legends era? That's a big name, big name for legends people, but not a big name for audiences. Like you were saying, Robert, what if it was somebody like XR Kuhn, who's a Sith? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Ooh. That well, could be interesting. So, I mean, that's kind of what, what they're building building towards. And I could see it going either way. I could see it where they continue at least the rest of this season where it's just uh, you know, Mando and, the, and, yeah. uh, and, and Grogu uh, and kind of doing their own thing. I, I would be perfectly fine with them shifting the focus. And I think it would be very fun to also watch it be an ensemble cast. Yeah. Uh, where somehow like Mando gets caught up in a bit of a cause because he seems like a very honorable character where you had him and Cara Dune and like um, grief, the uh, Carl Withers guy. um, And, you know, potentially um, trying to help out like the Mandalorians, like recapture their planet or something like somehow like, they're a small like attack crew. Yeah. Like th- their chemistry together is awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. On the show. Yeah. For and sure. whether it's like they've, they have some kind of little combat droid or a, somebody like a quill character earlier on in the show. Yeah. I mean, they've just nailed these characters so well. And Mando, every time he's in a group infiltration episode, it plays so well. Yeah. Like sure. it's good when it's like a solo uh, uh, episode or some kind of solo mission. But the best um, ones are when he's part of a, a larger yeah, group. Yeah, when he's part of a group. Like the yeah. Mandalorian, where they took out that ship, was great. But even yeah. earlier on when they were trying to free the, those prisoners in the first season, yeah. where he was like with a bunch of a ragtag group, you know, yeah. and um, 
what was it? He was well, you know which one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, with, uh, with those Bill other Burr guys and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that was fun. Yeah. It was So I think I could. I would love to watch a show like that where he was just on a ship with three or four other characters that we know. Like he plays along. Like the character plays really well with. They bring in Gene's guy. You know. <laughs> like loading cargo in the right. back all the time right you only halfway see him right <laughs> uh, i i one other uh, character that was mentioned uh which makes perfect sense if they did this uh that they could be uh that could show up at tython again not a force sensitive character but boba fett uh because we saw a brief glimpse of him we know that he's supposed to actually appear in this season uh, he did technically appear, but I'm sure they want to use him a little bit more this season. Um, but e- either a Boba Fett character or a Sith character would make more sense for then the Mandalorian to keep Grogu rather than it being a Jedi that shows up who he would pass it off to. Um, and I do, like I said, I do think that they want to keep Grogu with the Mandalorian for that whole wolf and cub, you know, dynamic and everything. Yeah. Well, I wonder if he was able to. You know, find somebody who would be willing to train him. That would free up him having to always be protecting, you know, yeah. Grogu. Like that would free him up to go do some big mission, like free and or retake Mandalore. True. Right. But, so that'd be a a big story arc. But then him re yeah story wise, they get him back together with they, Grogu yeah. at some point. I, I'm wondering if they're too afraid to separate them, even for an episode, uh, even if it's like. Okay, episode, just throwing a number out, like episode like one. Or something. Yeah, episode one, he, he passes him off and he doesn't show back up till episode three. Like all of episode two, you're thinking he's, that they're not going to bring him back. I'm wondering if Disney's afraid to do something like that because let's face it, the child is a money pit for them. Like it is just, they can just write checks as big as they want with the merchandise <laughs> that they're selling. Uh, of Baby Yoda, the child, Grogu. Because here's the thing. They have they had all that merchandise out there as the child. You could put all that damn merchandise out again with Grogu on the box. <laughs> and now it's a collector's item because it, it's Grogu bef- now, but before it was the child. I gotta get the I gotta get the exact same toy again, but with the name Grogu on it now. <laughs> I remember last year I was amazed that um I think they didn't know. They didn't know. I mean, they, they they must have known that it was a good product, but or you know that the show was good, but they they had no idea it was going to be as successful as it was because they weren't ready for the toys. Yeah, nobody by yeah. Christmas. Nobody. Well, in Star Wars, let's admit it. Star Wars, for a lot of people out there, was on a downturn because people were not liking the sequels. I liked them, but I know a lot of people yeah. didn't, and so Star Wars was getting a lot of fan toxic fandom going on and so even though they thought they had a good product here they didn't they thought maybe the fandom just was tired of it and they weren't going to respond well to it um they sure as hell even if they thought it was going to do well they sure as hell didn't know that the child was going to take off like it did nobody could predict that yeah so in fact they probably were they were probably afraid that people were going to hate it because it was basically a baby yoda (laughs) Man, but it's, I mean, but it's, I mean, they did so good job, such a good job with the puppeteering of it. They did. It's so yeah. interactive. And then the products, I mean, they've had a year to get it together now, but the products that are on the shelves are really interactive. And oh, yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's high quality stuff that's out there. Well, I got one but... here. Just... <laughs> so I just, I just bought my wife one of the Funko Pops that has uh, him looking at the container of eggs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I just saw it at uh, Toys R Us here just yesterday, and I thought, nope, my wife has enough bloody Yoda, uh, baby Yoda stuff. She's not getting anything else. <laughs> and uh, yes, yesterday after work, she found out that she's being reassigned from one part of the hospital to inpatients, where she's actually on the front lines of people oh, come in. Oh, jeez. Oh man. Uh, She's a little stressed out with that. She sure. knows she's, she'll be fine, and she's going to be re- she's going to be relieving uh, nurses and uh, unit clerks who have been going nonstop and are absolutely sure. swamped and need a break. She's, sure. she's going to be helping them out, and but she's still a little stressed. So I said, "Okay, screw it." So I went to uh, Toys R Us this morning, bought it, went to her vehicle, got into it, I put it on the front seat with a, a blanket over top of it, and a, a note saying, "Just to make you smile, love you." Yeah. And I walked away. <laughs> she got in the car. <laughs> she got, oh, my God. <laughs> You're a good man, Charlie Brown. So. <laughs> um, yeah, best, best of luck with her uh, and all that. I hope, hope yeah. everything is safe. And I actually have, a, uh, I'm sure everyone's got, or not everyone, but I'm sure a lot of people have, hopefully not everyone, but I'm sure a lot of people have stories of people out there. I, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Felix, who I work with, um, he's actually in the hospital right now. He's on a ventilator. Uh, he's in his thirties and he, uh, he was in some bad shape because of COVID and, uh, he's stable now and we're hoping that that continues in a positive direction. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's rough. So like, I'm definitely putting some positive vibes out there for him. So, um, so yeah, I hope she, I hope she stays safe. I hope, you know, stays healthy and, uh, but she's definitely doing, uh, like you said, she's doing some, some much needed, uh, relief there for some people. So, um, uh, on a more, on a lighter note, (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm curious and Kevin, I know you're working on doing your own, uh, comic story, uh, like myself. So I'm kind of curious, uh, if going back to, we're going to circle back to Joe and wrap this up, but, uh, since Brian did uh, a law and order issue and we talked about like him getting involved in that, I actually want to hear like if you got to work on a, a partic- doing a one shot story of a particular Joe, what character would you want to do the story on? Whether it's you're drawing it or you're writing it, whatever, um, what character would you want to be working on? And Brian, we'll start with you since you were the one who, is doing or has done a, a one shot on a character. Like if you got to pick what character it would have been, who, who would you have picked as the character that you would draw or write and draw since you've done both? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I think I would like, and I'm probably thinking more like the toys that I liked as a kid, who would I yeah. like to, uh, to write. Um, and you can maybe. do a Joe and a Cobra if you want. You don't have to, if, if it's tough, you want to, no, I mean, uh, I, I would like to do either uh, a Flint issue or um, that that would be a Joe. For, as far as a Cobra goes, uh, I would love to. I want to do a Tomax and Zaymon issue. Nice. <laughs> I can get behind. Because I, I think that would be that could be fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mr. Longman, how about you? Oh, 
I've actually started writing a G.I. Joe script. It's a gr- it's a group story, but if I had to pick just one Joe, one Cobra, I would probably go like a dial tone, but I want him in charge of the pack rats. But now the pack rats are like drones and nice. automated vehicles that he can control. Yeah. And maybe go head to head with Copperhead or not Copperhead. Uh, oh, damn it. He had a little missile launcher. Scrap iron. Scrap iron. I was going to say is, uh, I thought maybe that was and direction. Scrap yeah. Scrap iron is kind of his nemesis on the Cobra side. So we have those two guys going head to head. Nice. Kind of feel like that. Nice. Robert, how about for you? Um, man, I gotta say, uh, drawing a whole issue in a tunnel or in the desert sounds pretty <laughs> awesome, uh, at this point. <laughs> so, um, no, no, I would say something, but to be honest, something along those lines, um, I would love to do like a snow job issue, mm-hmm. uh, like in the Arctic, uh, where it's like snow job separated from the group and he's got just like his Arctic wilderness survival stuff. And he's got to go and take out a ton of snow serpents between him and to get back to his base kind of a thing. Yeah. Like just to show his skills, like what makes him so elite, like in that environment yeah. would be so much fun to draw. I would love to do that. Nice. Yeah. Any particular Cobra you'd like to do? Um, that's great. Uh, probably Firefly because I'd like to see them actually do something right for once. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you and I share <laughs> like the win? like Firefly, but then he wins. Like right. <laughs> well, he he's the one that always comes through on the missions. We found that out. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, you and I share Firefly because that's that would have been my Cobra uh, would be Firefly because I just feel like there's a lot you can do, and I remember the hearts and minds story with firefly which yeah. I thought was fantastic um but if i if if you were doing firefly I, I i had a backup which i think could be interesting but i would actually want to do a bat issue because i love the bats oh yeah and i think oh, that man, would, yeah. could be a very interesting unique story <laughs> um i would put dozens of them in there too dozens no, I'm just <laughs> no, actually, I would, I would like to. I, I think what I would do is I would like to do a story of a bat that was like battle damaged and got left behind. Um, I think that could could be kind of interesting to like. What does it? What does a battle android trooper do when it's like it's programmed to fight Joe, but Joe is gone, Cobra's gone, and it's just left there. <laughs> <laughs> he oh. gets a job at a diner, <laughs> right. just like trying to find him. Flipping burgers. <laughs> um, he got like one arm. Right. It's just attachments of different spatulas. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from the Joe standpoint, I I think I'd love to do a tunnel rat story. Um, ah. Uh, like again, kind of like he, he's. He's left his own devices in the jungle. Evidently, I like stories like that where it's like the, the character is just stranded <laughs> and has to be left to their own devices. But I think well, like I think ton- part of it is when you get to a solo story. That's one of the things I love about Joe is yeah. that they're the best. You know at what right. their their given specialty is, right? Yeah. Their skill set. Yeah. And too often when you get in into an ensemble situation, they're just another. They're another soldier. They're yeah. another green shirt, basically. Yeah. yeah. When they're all sitting on a bus shooting out of a window, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it could be literally anybody. 
But to your, um, but yeah, to your point, when it's just focused on them, you can really focus on their specialty, and that's the thing. Like for me with yeah. Tunnel Rat, I would want it to focus on the fact of him being a Tunnel Rat. Like, let's yeah. let's dig into that a bit. So, um, like you were saying with Snow Job, he's stranded in the in the snow. Like, you know, what what does he do? Because that is his specialty. So, yeah, so. yeah, I think that would be cool. But yeah, good question. I like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. And and every question I thought of tonight was just off the fly. I did not prepare at all for this episode. <laughs> I was like, we're going to do an episode. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. But We can still talk for two hours. That's I, how easy it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no problem with us talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, with that being said, we did do two hours. Uh, so I think that's a good long enough episode. <laughs> we probably all need sleep for uh, tomorrow. So, and that's not even counting the long monologues we cut out of John. Like, <laughs> right. Oh my, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, we started we at edit the crap out of that. Yeah, we started at nine o'clock, and it's now one a.m. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll make that a Patreon episode. All the stuff John said that we took just out. Just those crazy conspiracy theories. Like <laughs> right. he is just yeah, even out off of the his deep mind. end. I mean, I right. gosh. had to be taken out. So <laughs> that is not for public consumption. <laughs> There's a reason we call him the sellout for a reason. <laughs> he just he, he started talking about conspiracy theories, then he started plugging his show, and it was just like <laughs> all the toys he's found. Right, all the toys he's found. Oh, he is the Turtle King, by the way. He he finds all the NECA Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, jeez, um, man, we could we could have a whole nother episode about how hard it is to find toys now. Oh, man. yeah, well. Jeez. So, um, so for right now, uh, speaking of another episode, right now, I, I talked with my wife tonight, and it's not definitive, but tentatively, what we're looking at is doing a holiday get-together, because when we did episode 250, everyone seemed to really enjoy it and said, we need to do this again, it'd be great if we could do it around the holidays. Um, so I want to kind of try to make that happen, of doing another Zoom meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, who can, ever, who can join will join, uh, tentatively right now we're looking at December 19th. So it'd be the Saturday before Christmas. So I apologize if you have holiday plans already. Um, although I don't know how many people this year have holiday plans, um, but, uh, looking at the Saturday before, uh, Christmas. So December 19th, probably we'll probably do like a seven o'clock type thing again. So if you want to be part of that, uh, send an email to starjoespodcast at gmail.com and, uh, and then you'll be on the list and I'll send you the link. And if you can make it, great. If you just think you'll be able to make it, email us anyways and I'll still send you the link. And if you can't make it that night, that's perfectly fine. I think we originally had for episode 250, like 15 people signed up and there was quite a few people that couldn't make it. Uh, they felt bad afterwards, but it's like, hey, the stuff comes up, so don't worry about it. Um, Anyone that can make it for any period of time, fantastic. Uh, you'll be welcome. We'll probably talk about like holiday memories when it comes to toys. We can definitely talk about toy collecting now um, and stuff like that. But uh, but that's that'll be the last episode of the year for Star Joe's. So um, so like I said, email Star Joe's Podcast at gmail.com and say that you'd like to be part of the holiday special and. Uh, We'll get, you'll be on the list then. So, with that being said, uh, 
Mr. Longman, first for you, is there anything you want to let the listeners know about? Any ways they can find you or anything like that that you'd like to, to say in closing? I am just the guy who sits in my basement playing with my geek stuff here <laughs> and working. So, no. Okay. My, I'm, on, I'm on the store, Sergio's page there all the time, posting stupid stuff. So Yeah, you are. Somebody <laughs> wants to. <laughs> and I appreciate that. So. <laughs> Uh, and, really? yeah. And, uh, once, and I had mentioned to Kevin that once, uh, once he has things up and going for his comic, I will absolutely have you on the show, uh, to help tell people what it is and, and what you're looking to do and everything else. Uh, I've been privy to a little bit of it and, uh, very excited for what you're doing. So looking forward to that. Um, Mr. Atkins, uh, what, what do you got going on? What, and where can people find you? Um, yeah, I've been doing a series of covers for uh, the Action Force comic book, which has been being put out through uh, Bobby Vala, and he's kind of doing his own imprint through the Vallaverse, where he has gotten the licensing rights for Action Force, so uh, which has the 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 licensing uh, appearance for Sergeant Slaughter to be like. Uh, as a part of that universe, which is pretty cool. Uh, he's doing his own uh, run through uh, Kickstarter. He's already done the uh, the line of action figures to go along with that. And so he's putting out his own comic. Um, Bill Nidro is the uh, the writer for those books. Um, and I'm, I've just been really impressed. He's really, uh, you know, getting things done, So nice. which is great. He's, he's really kind of funding all of that on his own. And uh, so I'm... I've done three covers uh, so far and uh, working on the fourth one. So he's getting these books out pretty quick. Um, so you could just follow uh, Action Force or Voliverse on Facebook um, and through his social media on Instagram. He posts a lot. Bobby Vala, V-A-L-A. Um, and it, so those will be coming out pretty quick. The uh, Right now I'm doing a lot of kind of video game stuff that I can't talk a ton about uh, until it comes out. Um, and then I'll probably be working on a, another comic project in the new year. Um, and then as soon as I have more definitive stuff that I can finally announce about Runestone, I'll definitely hit you up about that. But cool. I'm literally drawing the last two pages and then we'll have that out. Nice. So we're excited about that. I'm still trying to beat you guys out. To I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> and then you'll always hold that over me. I will. I. Uh, <sighs> but I will be happy to finally be able to have that fulfilled and do other things. I'm but. just I'm just waiting to hear back from the printer so on a new quote. So that's all. <sighs> uh, and then I can send them. Yeah, my issue's done. <laughs> For those that didn't back it and don't know, my my com- <laughs> the comic is actually done. Uh, and, yeah. uh, it is, is ready to go to the printer. Uh, my wife and I are right now working on the art, the behind the scenes art book, which we've got the first few pages of that done and it's looking awesome. Um, uh, mm-hmm. so we're going to be working on that this month so that we can get that to a printer in January. Um, we got the bookmark artwork back. That's going to be going to the printer very soon. Uh, that looks awesome. We, cause originally we were going to use, the uh just some artwork from the comic itself yeah but since we did go above and beyond what our goal was uh used some of that money to get 
original artwork done for the bookmark. Uh, so that cool. that's awesome. Uh, I think I, I have to price things out, so I don't want to make any exact promises yet. But I think we're going to go with larger size prints. So we're, we might be going with eleven seven by seventeen prints instead of what we were going to originally do, which I think was just going to be like comic book size prints. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do need to price it out to make sure that I have enough money to cover all that and then still cover myself with taxes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that's always the fun part um, and shipping and stuff too. Um, but yeah, we might be able to do larger size prints, uh, which would be awesome if I can get those out to people. So there's still a lot of work that has to be done, but yeah, I'm very excited. The issue is actually done. I got to read it digitally myself because, which I have not, even though I was working on it, I never read it from cover to cover to see how it actually flowed. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was fun to read. So, um, super cool. So yeah, so exciting. yeah, it was very exciting. Uh, but yeah, I always had that little side goal for myself to beat elders of the runestone <laughs> out to the backers that's not that hard there are quite a few books that have accomplished that exact same goal yeah but none of them started this late into how close you guys are to being done so that's true so well that's true so it's a little extra incentive for me uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i am looking forward to that book uh coming out elder of the runestone i'm looking forward to finally getting to read that so uh mr Shear. What do you have going on coming up and what can people expect? I know we talked a bit about it, about it earlier, but, uh, remind everyone yeah. what you got going on. Well, uh, the art book is still available at getthisart.com and, uh, Thunder Punch book two, it will be coming out, uh, early 2021. And, um, I got a Joe issue hitting the stands. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know when soon. Yeah. So issue 276 just came out. Okay. Um, I think it was this week that it came out. Um, so we got a couple, probably a couple more, uh, maybe, maybe in the next mm-hmm. month. Cause they might with the other yeah, issues. They might being, double ship in December. I was going to say, so yeah. Okay. Yours will probably come out early January. I would guess. Yeah. That would be my guess too. Okay. So, so that's what I got going on. Everybody nice. check the, check all that stuff out. Nice. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, all right. Uh, with that, Robert, you're going to help me close. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone.